Thank you for joining. Good evening. Tonight, tonight's shear was dedicated by Guta Wiseman and from Baltimore. And this is in honor and of her grandfather, Shmuel Ben Velvel, whose yard site is tonight, Chaf Sivan. May his neshama have an awesome aliyah to the greatest heights, higher and higher and even higher. And may he channel a lot of brachas. I always think it's fantastic for people who get to sponsor shirim and parshas ba'aloischa, because that's where it really counts. Ba'aloischa saneiros, when you will elevate the lamps. The lamps are the neshamas. And when the content of the shir is to elevate the lambs, what greater aliyah can there be than that? So thank you for the dedication. May it bring a lot of bracha to you and all that you need and all that you want. Thanks so much. Okay. Now, um, this week is Parshas Baloischa, and we're, therefore we're going to do a mimer in Lakuti Taira. What, what I will do tonight is we're going to learn an explanation on a mimer. The mimer we learned a couple of years ago. Well, the first Maimer Pashas Baloischa many years ago. And uh, what we're left with now is the beer on the Maimer, because all the main Maimarim on Baloischa were learned already. This is the first Baloischa on the Kutei Teira. And there is an explanation. The explanation we didn't learn. explanation is pretty Kabbalistic, but uh, it was printed, so we should learn it. I'm uncomfortable teaching it, as I've been saying many times when I haven't prepared enough. Had I spent another four or five hours preparing this, then maybe. The Abish, maybe I would have had it, but felt a little more comfortable teaching. Um, right now it's too late, I didn't do that, and, but I still want to teach. And I hope with the merit of the shir and all those that are listening and all those that are going to listen, um, the mimer will open up for us as we're learning. It has a lot of look over here, look over there, and I'm sure if we look up all these sources, then there would come a lot greater clarity. Um, and my understanding of the mimer is very, should I say, loose. I don't feel it tight. But it's very geschmack and yanim and very good to learn and holy words. The main thing is we're reading holy words. We're spreading it on the internet. It means it's being spread across the world. And that's Mashiach. That's what we need to do. Now, um, now um, the mimer, so the, 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 there is the original mimer that the Alter Rebbe said in Tov Kuf Samach Beis. That's in 1802, is when the Alter Rebbe said the Maimer, Parshas Baloyz. Then he said an explanation on the Maimer, probably the same Shabbos or whatever. Now, in Lakuti Torah, in addition to this explanation on the Maimer, which is also printed in a different version, in two Svarim and Tavkuf Samach Beis, both in Chelek Aleph and Chelek Beis, there's two volumes, Chelek Aleph and Chelek Beis, they both have a version. Of the, of the mimer and the explanation of the mimer, which is good to learn to supplement. Uh, but in addition to that, in Lukuti Torah, in the end of Parsha, Sefer Bamidbar, Daf Tzadig Vav, when, when uh, Sefer Bamidbar concludes, there is a tiny little addition to this mimer that somehow didn't make it into the book, into, the, into Parshas Baloischa, and it's a hisafa. It's an addition all the way in the end of Bamidbar, just a few lines. So I want to learn that first. 
I mean, I want to discuss the original mimer, add on this little piece, and then we're going to learn the beer on the mimer. Okay, so this is an addition. It's almost like it just, um, uh, for some reason, was misprinted. It didn't make it into the pnim of the mimer, the inside of the mimer. If you look in Lakutei Torah on Daf Lamid, in the end of Sif of of Sif Gimel, there's the mimer has one, two, three, four, five, six sifim, six chapters. In the end of the third chapter, it says the word Ava, love. And in the back of the mimer, in the back, it has it starts with the word Ava, Hisaf, and it just adds a little note, a few lines. And I'd like to learn that note and then learn this. Okay. So let's just do a little, a little, a little review, a little um, synopsis of the regular Maimer first on Lakuti Torah. The general theme, just very bekitzer, the general theme of the Bahalois Maimer is to explain what's the content of Aaron lighting the menorah every day. Aaron, the high priest, lighting the menorah. We discussed this on Monday night as well. What's the content of igniting the menorah? Lighting the menorah really means lighting up the souls. And as we discussed on Monday night, lighting up the soul means to reveal within the shamas, within the soul, the love to Hashem. Every neshama is called a lamp because it loves God. Um, so neshamas have the love. But we, on Monday we discussed how the, only the higher neshamas retain that love when they come down here they retain that love, they're conscious of it. But neshamas that are of a lower stat stature, they're called the neshamas of the three nether worlds. It doesn't mean they're lower, that they come from the three nether worlds, the lower worlds, creation. They come from the same grandiose place of Atsilus, but for whatever reason, in order for them to have the impact that they need to have on the world, they are, when they come down, they're they are, uh, we call it, um, de decreased. The souls are diminished. These neshamas, it's possible that when they come into a body, they don't feel their love at all. And that's why you have the Kayin Gadol who reignites in these neshamas their love to Hashem. And Monday night we discussed, Monday I used the platform that I used for the Monday night class was a mimer from the Rebbe, from our Rebbe. Where the Rebbe explains, in order to be able to bring a soul that has lost its love, that even though it's down here, it should still have its love to Hashem, that can only be by uncovering the quintessence of the Nisham. That when the soul, the reason we love God naturally is because we're children. Children have a natural pull towards their parents. But just like with children, children can sometimes become estranged to the parents. So therefore, it's not enough to uncover how we're children to God, because that can be blocked through the, in our case, through the excessive materialism, materialism of the world around us, and the body, and so on and so forth, the distractions of life. We need to dig out, we need to uncover how our souls are really like a child that has never been, that has never exited the parent. The child pre-birth, when the when the child is still in the pre-birth state in the father, then the father and the child are totally one. In our case, 
and our case with the neshama, the neshama always remains in that state. And when we reveal that, then even when in the, then even the body can't obscure and can't block. No distraction in the world. So we just have to uncover that deeper dimension. And then we can love Hashem, even in a body. And that's what Aaron does. That's the meaning of Balois Ches Aneros. That's what we discussed on Monday night. In this mimer, the Alter Rebbe also learns Balois Ches Aneros means to ignite the love. But in this mimer, the Alter Rebbe is explaining Balois Ches Aneros within love itself the idea of the Kohen is to upgrade the love. There is Avas Hashem, there is love of God. But within love of God, it should be a more sublime love, a more transcendental love. In other words, according to the Pirush that we discussed on Monday, taken from the Rebbe's Mimer, those who need to be ignited by Aaron's love are souls who have lost their love. And why are they called Neiros? If they don't have a love, why are they called Neiros? Neiros means a lamp, a lamp is a fire, a fire is burning. Because they essentially should have that love. In other words, essentially, in essence, to have it, it's just not expressed. So he comes and he ignites those lamps. But according to the Pirish we're going to learn today, no, we're talking about people that are burning up for God, to have a love. But yet, their love is of, of a lower stature. That's why they're called Neiros. Aaron comes now and he elevates the love to a higher love. What is that? What Aaron does is he, he elevates the love of Avram, Avram Avinu, and he upgrades it to the love of Aaron. When I'm saying that, I want to mention again my dear friend whose neshama I am sure I have no shadow of a doubt is here tonight, passed away this past Shabbos who came here to learn Hasidus with such love and such fire, and he was, <laughs> and his name was Avram Aaron, my dear friend, Rabbi Aaron, Rabbi, Rabbi Avram Plotkin. So, his name was Avram Aaron, Parfus Baloyschot, awesome. Anyways, the Aaron elevates the love of Avram. And what the Alter Rebbe explains is that there's two levels of love. There's what's called Avas Oilam, and there's what's called Avarabba. Avas Oilam means a worldly love, or sometimes we call it an eternal love, but still it's a worldly love. That's what's called Olam, right? Or as we're learning now, even when one has the love, one is still experiencing a certain hell and a certain concealment. Because one has not, even in their love, they are living within the concealment of the world, and they, haven't, they don't break that concealment. It's just that with, from within the concealment, they're yearning for closeness with God. They want to, they want to, they, why? Because they meditate on the world. They meditate on how time and space is so fickle. And time and space is so meaningless. It's so limited. It's so, and then it, it doesn't really have any, 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 meaning all of existence that we know is only of time and space. Everything that, we're, that, that, we, that we can apprehend and comprehend and, and connect to is all existence within time and space. And they meditate how God transcends time and space. And to him, all of time and space is absolute nothing. Nothingness, nothingness. And that's why they have a very intense love, like Avram Avinu, striving to connect, to experience the Hashem that's beyond time and space. That's that love. It becomes a very powerful love, strong love. 
Avram Avinu had that love all of his life, stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. But it's still considered limited love because it's olam, world. Then there is a, a greater love, and that's called Avarabba. And what's Avarabba? That's channeled by Aaron Akoin. Aaron Akoin leads us to an infinite love. And we're soon going to see it's not just in quantity, more love. It doesn't mean just more love, quantity, more intense. It's a whole different nature to the love. It's a whole different character to the love. The love of Aaron is a type of love which is, which is, it's a divine love. It's not a human love. It's not a creation love. And the love is an utterly, utterly, utterly selfless love. What, what we mean by that is that in the love of Avram Avinu, there is something that you want. The love that Avram Avinu has, the love of Avas Oilam, is you, you want something. What do you want? Something for yourself. You want to cleave. You want to connect. You see, you see how empty what you have now. What's love? Love is passion, desire, want. It's really he explains in the Mimer that the, the underlying element of love is desire, is ratzo, from the word ava. So the, the, the idea of having a, a love of Avram, a love of, uh, of avas olam, is having a strong rutzom to elokus, a strong desire for elokus. Why do you have such a strong, and it's such a powerful desire, why? Because you realize that everything you have is meaningless. And you want something of real, but you want it. You want to connect to it. Aaron's love is you want one thing. You want that divinity should be revealed. It's not about you. It's not that you should cleave. And the way the, way the Alter Rebbe explains it, it's a love that grows out of a very, very, very deep frustration and bitterness. It's not so much driven towards something that you want, more that you're getting very, very frustrated and very, very bitter about the fact that our reality is time and space. And you realize that that's a cover-up on, on the true being who's present everywhere, but we don't see him and we don't experience him. And you can't stand the lie that the world presents that it seems like the Abishter is, like that all there is is time and space. And, you, and, and, and it bothers and it becomes so frustrating. All you want is that God's MS, His truth, the infinite one, the absolute one that's beyond time and space should be fully revealed in the space that you are. It has no, and it's nothing to do with self-fulfillment because if that happens, you don't even exist. It's, it's just Him. You know, obviously, we, we can exist, but we exist as lost in Him. But that's the, that's the, that's the, that's the love. And that's the love of Aaron. That's why he says the word Aaron, if you rearrange the letters, is the word Nireh. You want that Hashem Nireh, Hashem should be seen. And that's why it's not called human love because there's no, there's no human um, satisfaction. It's not that there is a, 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 uh, a quest to fulfill a, 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 uh, a desire of us. It's just, it's just completely for Hashem. It's for Him. So the nature of the love then becomes completely divine. 
it's a completely transparent kind of a love. It's not, there's no self in it. That's why the way he refers to it is it's not momata lamaila, it's not the pull from below upward that you're questing. It's just pulling down from above. Momaila lamata. You want just revelation from above? It's not even that you want that revelation because you want it. It's just that you can't stand that, that, that God could be blocked. That that's such an emiss and such a truth that if we would see the truth, there wouldn't be any time and space. And yet, time and space is so, so rigid. And, so that, that we're, and, be, and, and that rigidity of it makes us be so distorted in our entire existence that we are self-aware and self-conscious and, 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 and busy with ourselves and our needs where the person realizes, how can I even have an eye? How can I even have a need? How can I even have any tiny bit of something when there is only one Metziah Samiti and that's gone and yet I don't feel that? That's the frustration. And it seems like in the Mimer that this kind of a love that you want, Elokush should be revealed, can only, that's not just it seems like, it's, it's the main theme of the discourse, can only come out of a bitterness. It can only come out of frustration. Seen by the fact that that love is the flames. When Aaron lights the menorah, the, the, the nishamis are burning with that love. They want to reveal godliness in the world. Maybe that has to do with the menorah, that the menorah is also not just representing um, yearning, fire, it's also representing light, godly revelation. And we know the light of the menorah, with the windows of the Beis HaMikdash were made um, in a way that the light is shining to the outside, not from outside in, but inside out. Which means godly revelation, because the idea of the love is just that Hashem should reveal Himself. That's all we want, is only His revelation. But it's seen by the fact, so, the, so that's the light. The light is the revelation, the light is the... The fire is the, the fire is the love, this transcendental type of love, the selfless love. The light coming from it is the revelation that comes as a result of it. But in order to produce this fire, there is oil. And oil comes from a crushed olive. So it's only the crushed olive, which is this bitterness, this, this frustration. And one becomes frustrated with the yesterday. I can't stand where I was yesterday. I can't stand that I bought into this concealment and, and darkness. By the mere fact that I had a... And even if I was spent all my day in spiritual matters, but the fact that I had a self and an eye and there was some other interest other than the fact that Hashem's light and Hashem's truth should be revealed means that I'm still in, in a state of distortion and I'm frustrated by my spirituality. It's not just doing tshuva for, for forgetting about myself and eating a, a muffin and getting carried away with the muffin. That of course, but even if this, there's spiritual service, but if the spiritual service is geared to itself, to self-fulfillment, is totally not, totally, totally missed the point. So this type of the love comes from olives that are crushed. And that's going to be the main theme of what we learned today, the idea of the crushing of the olive. What's its relationship with this higher type of love? And what does this love produce? When we have such love for God, it brings out the best, or it brings out the deepest from Hashem as well. His love for, for Knesset Yisrael and His love for the world. 
and imbues all of creation with the presence of Hashem on an, on an infinitely higher level, as we'll soon see. So again, what's the summary of it all? The idea of lighting the menorah is that it's, it, when, it's not like there's no spirituality without Aaron HaKoyim. We're the children of Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, and we have a spiritual soul, and we can be very religious and very devoted and even spiritual. But the spirituality itself can be selfish. It can be, why selfish? It can, ha- it can be driven to its self-fulfillment. Aaron's lighting the menorah is to, is to sublimate our love to a much higher, godlier type of a love. And that's why also Gishmak, he says in the Mimer, that's why where was the menorah? When Aaron lit the menorah, the menorah was already on the south. South represents love. Because the, 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 the south is the right side, which is the side of chesed. Chesed is love. And what does it say by Avram Avinu? He was always traveling to the south. The first time we discussed Lech Lecha, Avram's journey, Halech Venasoya Hanegba, he was going to the south, and the, the Medrash says, actually the Maimon that we're going to learn today, brings the, it, it, it references the Medrash, it doesn't Maimon bring the Medrash, but I didn't look up the Medrash, but in the back, he, in the notes, he brings partially the idea of the Medrash, that when Avram was traveling to the south, it was towards the base of Mingdash. So, towards where the menorah was. The menorah was, and the menorah stood in the south wall, on the south side of the, of, of the base of Mingdash, which is the peak of avas olam, of worldly love. So Avram Avinu, because of his avodah, reaches the south and transmits to all of his inheritance that love, the love that we want, that we're always, we desire Hashem. We want godliness. And that's it's embedded in us. Where Avram Avinu ends, that's where that's where Aaron HaKohen, Aaron the high priest, begins. He goes to our love and he sublimates the love to a, to a, to a much purer, higher type of a love. When I once discussed that love is called mountain. Here it doesn't mention it in the Mimer, but love is called mountain because mountain is a protrusion of earth and love is like a protrusion of self towards something. And that's why Avram and Aaron both have the word har inside their name because they both are channels of love. Avraham, so Aleph, I mean, he has a heresh in his name, and Aaron also has a heresh in his name. But Aaron is higher. That's why Aaron passes away and he's buried on a mountain on top of a mountain. Because that was his work all of his life to, on top of the love of Avram Avinu, which is the mountain, he went on the mountain on top of the mountain. That exemplifies his entire work. The mountain on top of the mountain. Okay. That's the general theme that we, that, that he taught in the main mind. Now as I mentioned to you, I want to go to the tiny little Note that we didn't learn last time when we learned the Mimer, and I'm going to teach it now. And um, then we're going to learn the beer on the Mimer. Okay. 
So in, in the back over here on page 192, again, this is the last page of Lakute Torah in, in Sefer Bamidbar, after Parshas Maseh, right before it starts Lakute Torah on Devarim, there's this addition. Vahatam and the Ava, he says, Vahatam and the reason. Shal Hadima. What is the reason that through tears? It, it's not just frustration and bitterness, it's literally being so heartbroken to the it, to, to one is crying, literally, crying bitter tears on the concealment. The reason Shalyadeh Adimo, so again, Aaron's love has to do with a broken heart every day. The reason that through the tears, and the bitterness, one is going to be merit to this arousal from above to give a person a... a um, a, 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 a love upgrade, to elevate one's love, that it should be completely superhuman, outside of the human, because again, a human always has an interest of self. To be able to transcend self completely, and your work should be totally what's called the Tzairach Gavaya, only for the sake of Hashem, not, not for yourself, of yourself whatsoever. And by the way, in, inside the Mimer, he, he says this is what it's called, B'nai Aliyah, Elevated people. That's the idea of Baha'aloyscha, elevated. Where your service is not for yourself. Because remember, if it's still a quest for self, that's called the lower love. That's, avara, that's avas oilam. The higher love is when there's no more quest for self. But how do you get to that? How do you transcend self-interest to the point that there's not even a spiritual uh, uh, a desire? It, he said that comes from a broken heart, from the frustration. Why? Um, in a manner where it becomes eye to eye, nira you can see, and that's all you want is that you want to see. This is based on what Reb Chaim Vital says, based on Maimer Rizal, meaning from the Arizal. It says like this, Even though the gateways of prayer were locked at certain, there is a possibility for the gates of prayers to be locked. Maybe it was when the Beis English was destroyed. Again, I didn't get a chance to look up the Gemara. But the gates of prayer, I don't mean it, I don't think it's always locked, but they can't, else we, why would we be davening? But it's possible that it should be locked. The gates of tears are never locked. So when prayer doesn't, can't make it through, tears can always make it through. Shanemar, as it says, El Damasi, to my tears, Al Techrash, do not be silent. And the Rechav, Rechav Chaim Vital says, Mishum de Bedima, because when a person is crying with tears, Mo'oyrer Einayim. Our tears that are coming from our two eyes are evoking the supernal eyes, the eyes above, which are netzach v'hoid the chachma. The 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 eyes above are netzach and hod of chachma. Chachma we know is a, a lot of times referred to as enayim eyes. That's why the chachamim, the wise men, are called enayha the eyes of the assembly. We learned about it two weeks ago when we were learning why 
we need to have, three, uh, three weeks ago, we were learning why we need to have Dafka the Chachamim, need to be the ones uh, who are Makadesh the Chodesh. We learned that because they're called Eine or Eida, so they can channel, they can channel the, the energy of Chachma down. We were learning why a weekday can become Kodesh. Kodesh is the energy of Chachma. That whole discussion that we had is related that the, that the Chachma in general is called eyes. In Chachma itself, it's Netzach and Hod of Chachma that are called the eyes. Two eyes. Ubir Advar. Okay, and that's why that's not, that, that, that's not locked. That's what it says in Rabbi Chaim Vital. The Arizal says. But now the Alter Rebbe explains. Obir Advarim and the explanation is. As it's explained later in Parshas Re'e, in the end of the Maimer, it says in Parshas Re'e that you should do, that one should do Hayashar should do what is straight or what is correct in the eyes of God. Simply it means that we should act in an upright manner in the eyes of God. And from here, I think sages learn out that a lot of times you're supposed to go you don't just do what the law requires, but you go beyond the letter of the law in order to, 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 be, to do what's yashar, what's right. It's not expected from God. God is not expecting it. But what's considered yashar, Straighten the eyes of Hashem. Hashem would really approve of that. It's not just trying to be legally, you know, correct and not be able to be, uh, you know, get in trouble, that you're violating the law. But you're actually trying to be an upright citizen in the eyes of Hashem. The Al-Tarebbe learns, Yashar B'Ene Hashem means to even out the two eyes. Yashar means straight. Evening out the two eyes of God. What does that mean? That means that there are two visions. There is perspective that there is from above, is God's perspective, and there is a perspective from below. The perspective from above is that God is and there's none but Him. He sees literally how all of existence is canceled with absolute, an absolute cancellation. As a, ray of, as a ray of the sun, while it's in the sun, that it doesn't even exist, as Hasidus explains many times. And all of existence, all of time and space, all the world, everything that is, including the physical world and everything that's in it, it's literally non-existence and canceled completely in, 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 in godliness, in Hashem. That's the perspective of how Hashem sees it. But Hashem also created us with a different perspective. He made us see things differently. He made us experience ourselves as very real and very big and very important. Now, by the way, this does not mean that the worlds don't exist. And then we're all, we're all a fantasy. This is, this, despite the fact that we exist, we don't exist from, it's a, from the Eberster's truth. And, I, and this is something discussed in Hasidus in many places. Well, I'm not going to do that to, tonight. From below, however, there is a different experience. The worlds are very much, and yet we know that God, I mean, when I say from below, I don't mean from below uh, those who are not thinking about Hashem at all. We're talking about not the recognition of Hashem from coming from the creatures below, even, even angels, especially humans, but even 
people of high spiritual stature and people that are seeking a relationship with God. Yet, the world's and time and space and our existence has very much of an existence. And yet, we recognize that God is the source of this existence. In general, sometimes these two perspectives, perspectives are called das elyon, the higher das and the lower das. Or yehudi Allah, the higher unity or the lower unity. But the two perspectives has to do from two levels of vision. The way Hashem sees it and the way we see it. But in truth, the only reason we can see it this way is because, Hash, is because the, the lower vision that the worlds are something, that too begins in godliness. In other words, the Abishter too lowers himself down into that perspective to give credence to that perspective so that we can have that perspective. Like we say in Das Tachton, Kikel Deois Hashem, that God is a Kale Deois, which means he includes both Deois. It's not that the, that the lower Das is total fabrication, it's a total misconception. And it's just something that has to do with the way, because God blocks it, we don't see it. Hashem too, on some level of, of the divine, makes himself see it the way we see it. And that's the reason why we say, Eine Hashem, the two eyes of God are not looking eye to eye. Because from the one eye is looking from up down and seeing it the way God's, the higher way of seeing it, the worlds are completely nullified. The other eye, looking from the bound up, also Hashem's eye, sees it completely differently. So it's not eye to eye. When we say Mashiach, will, when Mashiach will come, we say, Ayin bi ayin yiru, eye to eye will see which means the vision from below will be the same like the vision from above. We will catch up to his vision. We will have this year's 2020 vision. 20 is actually interesting. 2020 is relating to the Chaf 20 is Keser. Keser uh, from Atzilus and Keser Malchus will see, will see the same. Two times 20. 2020, we will get the vision from below will equal the vision from above. That's how it applies to this year as we're coming into the time of Mashiach. Ayin biayin, eye to eye. And that's the meaning that lasso is hayashar, to make, we have, how will we make that the vision from below should be equal to, the, through the purification of Torah mitzvahs in the world, we, we purify and purify and purify and purify the atmosphere. We clean the air, we clean and clean and clean and polish and polish until the world become transparent and then we can see from below the same way Hashem sees from above. Because the reason He sees that way is because to Him the tzimtzum doesn't block. So therefore He sees. To us the tzimtzum does block. So to us we are very real. But the whole point of Torah and Mitzvah is that we polish the tzimtzum, that the tzimtzum stops blocking from, from, our, from our realm as well. And then from up and down we see the scene. That's the mean last is hayashar, to make it straight, equal. Be'enei Hashem in the two eyes of God. And, and that purification, this purification to purify the world has to do with all the birurim that we do, all the purification that we do. Through Torah and Mitzvahs, we separate good from bad and all, all this purification. And that will allow that our vision from below should be equal to the vision from, be, from, from above. Now the birur as we're going to see in today's Mimer, we're going to learn mainly in today, 
the birur that we go, that that we do the purification is related to the is relating to the bitterness and the frustration because when we're frustrated in our situation and we get very very discomfortable with our own egos we reject the ego that's what happens we crush the ego we reject the ego we can't stand our self absorption and every time you feel that especially when it when it frustrates you so much that you literally break down crying because it that's a that's a purification and that purifies the cosmos and that enables eye to eye that's why the tears that are related to this frustration the crying that we cry for being in the darkness which this crying is part of this bitter of this purification enables that there should be eye in the eye and eye to eye and that's why the reward or the consequence of crying of is to merit the higher love because what's the higher love the higher love is the experience that I want nothing else other than the fact that your MS, your truth should be visible down here, meaning that from down here below, we should see it exactly like it's seen from, from Aya, that the two eyes should look eye to eye. That's the frustration. And that comes from the tears. And the tears themselves is the beer, because that's how you polish it. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm saying a little more than what he's saying over here based on what the beer we're going to learn later, but I think it's, it's here as well. To make it be straight in the eyes of God. This is the idea of the eyes of Hashem are tzaddikim, two eyes, because by tzaddikim, it's their vision from below is similar to the vision from above. Just like it is from up down. All before him is not. So from below up. The Alter Rebbe, before he passed away, said to his grandson, the Tzemach Tzedek, What do you see? He pointed to the roof. What do you see? I see, I see a board. I see a beam. And the Alter Rebbe says, I don't see the beam. I see Hashem. I see only Dvar Hashem. This is the idea. Eye to eye. From below, we see it exactly the way it is from above. By Tzadikim, it's that way. Eine Hashem. Both eyes are evened out. Momata lamaila From below, Yireh le'enei basar kamay lamaila. We should be able to see it the way it is from above. V'am And to draw and to bring to this state, Zawayde hadmois. This is through tears. That one drops from their eyes, the tears that come pouring out of one's eyes, on the bitterness, on how distant we are from God. We are so satisfied if we can only feel a tiny bit of passion and excitement towards holiness. We feel, ah, we're so. And here, it's like, here, the tshuva that the person is feeling is on their is on their love and on their mitzvahs and on that because they, they feel the density of it. They can't bear the density of it. It's with so much self-consciousness, with so much self-awareness and it's so much self-serving. I want to connect. I want... When I don't even... Truth, there's no other... There's no, there's no me. There's only the only Abish there. And that's the frustration. In Sefer Ma'ore Ore, it's a it's a uh, it's an encyclopedia on 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 uh, Kabbalah and on Chassidus. Now I'm not Chassidus on Kabbalah, on Kabbalistic ideas from one of the students of the Ari. So it says over there 
on the letter Dalit, Me'inyan Dima, where he's talking about tears. And again, I, I, I don't have the Mo'era or and I didn't check it up. And probably if I would have had it, I still wouldn't have checked it up because I wasn't uh, on top of my game this week to check up all these things. Ubi, I think the stance were Ubi Ya'ir Nesiv Sham, and also in Ya'ir Nesiv Sham. Ubi'is Mem, and also in the letter Mem. In, in that encyclopedia there, where he explains this. And when we cry for this reason, we evoke the supernal eyes. So the Allah Tzadikim, that the eyes of God should be the tzaddik, to the Tzadikim, that means that Hashem's perspective should be shared down here with the Tzadikim and eventually with the whole world. Open our eyes and see. Open your eyes and see. Now look also in where it says, David HaMelech says in Tehillim, my tears were to me lechem, were my bread. I mean, I saw David HaMelech was talking about his pain and his suffering. He says that in my life I'm satiated with tears. I became full from tears. I cried so much that, that that's my bread. So in Sefer Asar Mamaris from the Ramama Panoi, Maimar Chikar Adin Chelekalaf Reish Perikhov Dalit, Pidish, Shalechem Hu Bisumai Leliboy. Over there he explains that what, how does the tears provide Lechem bread? So the bread is Bisumai Leliboy when he takes to his heart. Shebchinas ayay, ayay, shu gimel rishoynes, keser chachmabina, hu eloikecha, is my God. Hoysali demasi, because the pasta continues, and the simple, simple meaning is as follows. Let's first read this, the pasta on the simple level. Lavada Melech is saying, I had such misery and pain. I had such aggravation and, and such deep, deep um, um, pain when the, 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 those who taunted me would say to me, all day long, where's your God? Because they would taunt me all the time, where's your God? God of your salvation, take a look, you're suffering so much. And you're supposed to be the godly man. Where's your God? Where is he to help you? And that caused David Melech more pain. The Chil Hashem. That a godly man, the chosen of God, suffers so much. That's the biggest Chil Hashem. The Jewish people are suffering. The chosen of Hashem suffers so much. So David Melech says, because I, this caused me so much pain, that I cried so much, that I became satiated, that became my bread. Just like bread is something that you always eat, always eating. So for me, it was my tears that I'm always... But bread is supposed to nurture you. Bread is supposed to feed you. So, which brings a certain satisfaction. Where is there a satisfaction in this that they say to him, where is your God? Where is your God? So in, in Sefer Chikor Adin, in Sefer um, um, Asara Mamores, 
from the Ramama Pane, who was a great Kabbalist, he says that he makes a twist on the words here. I mean, it's not a twist, it's, the deep, it's a deeper meaning. We, we, we shouldn't read the words, Aye Elokecha, where is your God? God is nowhere, He's not here, where is He? It's not a taunt, where is your God? But rather, it's a comforting idea. What's the comforting? They said to me, all day long, Aye, not Aye, the level called Aye, Aleph Yud, hey, Elokecha, that's your God. So it's not, where is your God? It's like, I'll give you a similar idea, where Hasidus and Kabbalah has that same play on words. It says, Simple meaning is, from where will come, my, will come my help? But the deeper meaning is, from a level that we can't define, called nothingness, from there my help will come from. Or uh, there's another one like that. Me, uh, me, um, me metar eschem, that me is purifies, not me who. Or uh, same idea. Where, where it's not a question, it's, it's this level. So, and, and that was comforting to David, like bread. What's Aye? Aye is Aleph Yud K. So we know all the time we learn already Yud is Chachma and He is Bina. And Aleph is the letter Pele. You take an Aleph, you rearrange the letter, you get the word Pele. Pele is, is ke- a wonder, and a wonder is Keser. So Aye Elekecha means that Keser, Chachma, Bina, that's your God. I mean, obviously it's Hashem, but that His godliness. What the power that was that was infused in David Melech is coming from a place so sublime, from from Kesar Chachma Bina, and that's my bread. Now to say that Kesar Chachma Bina is revealed in you, is revealed that in Kesar Chachma Bina is where the higher Das is, the higher perspective that God is and there's none but Him is. So when that's Elokecha, then you have the higher vision. And that comes as a result of demasi of tears. I think that's the connection. That from the tears, as we said earlier, the tears enables the frustration of being in the darkness. That's what enables the hamshacha, the flow from, from very, very high. Okay. So he tells you to look into a bunch of places, which I didn't look, so I can't exactly tell you what, what this all means. But anyways, I didn't want to leave a piece of Lakute Torah unlearned, and my, my ambition is <laughs> to teach all of Lakute Torah, so I wanted to just add in that piece. Okay, now we're going to start the beer on the mime. But again, it's mamish continuation to what we're learning right now. All of this idea that the highest kind of love comes when the love is, is saturated with a frustration, with a deep, deep, deep uh, sense of bitterness and, um, 
intolerance. One can't tolerate the darkness. And that's the contribution of Aaron. Because Aaron is going to bring us that higher love, that selfless love. And that selfless love comes when one can't stand the darkness. And you see that from the fact that how do you light the menorah from oil? Where does oil come from? Oil comes from crushing an olive. So the crush, which is this, which idea of this, of this frustration, produces, is the source that will produce the oil which is going to fuel the love. So he says like this, the oil, again, this is on Daflam at Aleph. The mimer begins with beer at Amal. It's an explanation of, on the mimer. And he says, Shemen, oil, Nimshach, is drawn from crushing the olives. Like it says, Shemen, Zayezach, pure olive oil, Kasis, crushed. The Pasuk in Pashas Tetzav, it says it has to be crushed. That's how you get the pure olive oil. So he explains why is that. Because what is oil? Is a very, very sublime level. It's called the concealed level of Chachma. That means it's not, generally we, are, we associate in many places Shemen with Chachma. We know that when um, uh, David HaMelech wanted advice, And he wanted to ask a wise woman. So he went and he sent that they should bring him someone from the city of Takua. Takua is where they had all the olive groves. Because where olives are, that's the place of Chachma. So we know also, Chazal also say, Haragel Bener, if someone is careful and cautious with the ner, ner Shabbos, lighting Shabbos candles, they're going to have children, tell me the Chachamim. And what's the connection? Because the candles are burning from olive oil, and olive oil is related to Chachma. And we also, and that's why there are those people that are makbid to light them, their, their Shabbos candles, not with wax candles, but dafka to use oil. It's a certain hidur that some people have. And my daughter has that hidur. She got, I mean, after she got married. And their family, they only use olive oil. It's more of a hassle. It's easier just to throw in the candles, but that's what it is. And obviously it has a... It's a now, so we always say that shemen is chachma. Shemen is chachma. But now we're going to learn that shemen is not chachma. It's chachma. But it's a very high level in Chachma. It's the pre-Chachma. It's, it's, the, it's the source of Chachma, where Chachma comes from. Chachma, we know, is the first koyach, is the first power of, of the soul, of the revealed powers of the soul. So the first in, internalized power is the power of Chachma. And it's usually associated with, with, the, with, with, the, with, the, with the creative mind, where creativity happens. And, and it's the first flash of ideas, it's the epiphany of ideas, the, 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 the lightning. And then the bina is the processing already of it, and the, and the dissecting of it, and, the, and the, the analytical side of the mind, the left side. But, the, but it's already conscious, it's already revealed ideas. 
But then, no, but then there's, there is the Koyach HaChochmah, the Koyach HaMaskil. Koyach HaMaskil is the power in the soul which produces the idea, which the idea is not where the idea comes from. Chachma is already Koyach it's the first Koyach. It's still what? I don't really have a full grasp in it, but it's already something. This is the Koyach HaMaskil, this is the Koyach from where Chachma comes from. And that place we don't know. We just know that when we, we, when we want to know something, we want to understand something, we think about something, and usually it also involves frustration. We reach frustration and we're pushing and pushing and pushing and then boom. So that place where it comes from is super conscious. We're not conscious of it. And from there comes this idea. That, that's called Chachmastima. Because it's part of the pre-conscious level of the soul. It's in the Kether. Kether is usually represents what's above our head, what's above our consciousness. But in the Keter, it's the kes, it's the chachma element of the Keser. It's the power of Keser. It's within the potential in the pre-soul, prior to the kochos, prior to the par, to the koyaches. But it's it's the potential for chachma. It's not chachma yet. It's not the koyach chachma hagaluyon. The, the the power of chachma when it's really manifest in the soul, in, in as an identifiable chachma. That's called Chachma HaGaluya, the revealed Chachma. This is the pre-Chachma from where Chachma comes from. As cha- and, and in Kabbalistic terminology, it's called Chachma Shebe Keser. The Chachma that's in Keser is called Chachma Stima. It's where Chachma is still completely hidden. And that's what the olive oil represents. Not the revealed Chachma, pre-Chachma. And that's why if you're careful with oil, it's going to produce Chachamim. It's the source of Chachma. Okay. Where do we see that Shemen is not Chachma, it's pre-Chachma, it's pre, pre-wisdom. Because it says, Shemen, Shemen Mishchas Kodesh. The oil, the holy anointing oil, which simply it means that God instructed Moshe how to make a, a very potent oil. A perfumed oil was a perfumed oil, which this oil was very holy, and they used it to um, anoint the the priests, the Aaron and uh, his children initially, and also the king, and also all the utensils of the all the kalim of the Mishkan were all anointed with the special oil. Mashiach comes, we're going to have this anointing oil. So it's called Shema Mishchas Kodesh. The simple meaning is. That it's holy anointing oil. Shem and Mishcha. It's anointing oil, but it's holy. But the deeper meaning is it anoints holiness. It an, not that it's holy anointed or that it is holy. It anoints holiness. What does that mean? It, it's the source of holiness. It's pre-holiness. Now we know, and we learned this many times, that Chachma is called Kodesh. It's called holy. If this anoints holiness means that this is the pre-chachma that creates chachma. Pidish koidesh hu chachma da'atzilus. Koidesh is the level of chachma of the world of atzilus is called koidesh. Vashemen and the oil is still pre-chachma of atzilus. Moshe chesa koidesh, it anoints the koidesh. So if it anoints the koidesh, means it's higher than koidesh. From it, Kodesh emerges. 
because it's still the level of Chachma, while Chachma is still in the potential of the soul, the pure infinity of the soul, where it's not yet any Koach of Chachma, no revelation at all. But from here will come eventually Chachma. This is a source and a root from where Chachma will come from. Uh, that's the oil. Wow. Very deep. Very high. But where does the oil come from? The oil produces Chachma. But where does the oil come from? The oil comes from crushing the olive. And it's interesting, he's not going to associate it with the level of olives. That olives are even higher than the oil. And other Maimarim, it does say that. It says that the oil is mayachstima, the olives is even higher than that. And the olive trees are even higher than that. And the olive trees grow on a har hazesim, which is even higher. And, and, and now we'll understand what it says when Mashiach comes. He's going to um, that his feet from Mashiach is going to stand on Harazesim. That shows you how Mashiach, how high elevated Mashiach is. That his feet are on top of the mountain of olives where the mountain of olives produces the olive trees with the olive trees produce the olives which the olives produce the olive oil which the olive oil is what is the source which makes holy Chachma which brings Chachma holiness. Whoa. Yeah. That's explained in other places. Here, he's going to attribute the oil not so much to the olives. He's not discussing that, at least not over here. He's attributing the oil to the crush of the olive. What produces the oil is that we crush the olive. Crushing the olive is the separation of good from bad. That's the idea. So he's going to... <laughs> What produces moyach stima, which is the source of all moichen, of chachma, which of course we understand is the source of Torah and all that, and all the, as we're going to see soon, all the halachis of Torah, and the, it, it, where does it all come from? Who produces it? Me and you and all of us. Through our avodah down here, and particularly through our crushing of ourselves, frustrations that we have with ourselves, and that frustration, when we, whenever we, we get frustrated, and as, from what? From, from noticing our ego and everything. And we notice it, and we reject it, that's a separation. Because we're, 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 we're taking the, the density of, of self, we're taking the, the, the crassness, and we're, and we're rejecting it, and we're identifying with the pure spiritual side, with the purity of the neshama, that's not about self. It's purely about the Abish there. So in this crush, how high do we affect this bitterness? That's why Hasidus always, and almost all my marim, so many my marim, the Alter Rebbe always begins the day not in the morning with light and with, uh, and with um, prayer and meditative prayer. He always starts at midnight. Tikkun Chatzo, so Krishna Shalamita. When you go through the crushing and you get frustrated with your day and you do tshuva, that's how everything starts. And also the beginning of the year, we start. We don't start with the joy of sukkahs. We don't start. We start first with the, with, with the crush. Everything has to start with this purification. Because in order to create the very very oil, 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 it's all coming from this bitter, as he explains here. 
that it's drawn from, this, from the crushing of the olives. This is the birurim. Birurim means the separation of good from bad. Just like through pressing the olive. The, 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 the dregs, the, 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 what is, what is uh, psolas, what is um, the, the not good part. Uh, get separated onto its own. Like it says in the, it doesn't say it here, but either in the mimer earlier or in these versions, I don't remember where I saw it. He says once you took the, the oil out of the olives, the rest of the olives are not really edible. They're just, uh, there's nothing to them. So that's called the psoilas. And then the good is separated. In our soul, it means separating the bad from the good. In the world, first of all, it has to do in the world. The whole process of separating good from bad but also in the in avodah, a yid inside the internals uh, um, purification. For Hashem and the good is the oil. That would mean identifying within ourselves a pure spiritual point that is not egotistical. That is, Cain l'mayla the same as above. Who inyan b'chachma is beridu. That. So what does chachma stima? What is the concealed level of chachma related, which is the olive oil? How is that related to? To, to the idea of birurim, to the idea of this purification and separation. And that's because of the concept and the idea that we know, bechachma is biriru. And what does that mean? That all separation happens, all separation and purification happens in chachma. So usually we understand this to mean two things. Number one, that chachma the revealed Chachma. How do you, I mean, the usual application for this in Chassidus is that we use the teachings of Torah to purify the world. What has been Torah doing the last few thousand years in this world? We apply the Torah to the world. Torah is God's Chachma. And in the Chachma, it says, this is kosher, this is not kosher. This is, this is pure, this is ritually impure. This is uh, guilty, this is innocent. I mean, Torah is, is, is constantly calling the shots. What is right and wrong, what is to the right, what is to the Torah is, and that's the birur. So usually birurim are related to what? To the revealed element of Torah. But in different memorandum, it explains that the main power of birur, in which we say chachma has the power to, to, be, to bring birur, it's not the revealed chachma, the real power in, in, in chachma to do the birurim. This selection is in the pre-chachma. Is in is in moyach stima. That's the root of the power of all the birurim. Now, right to, now, I don't have it in my head. Why? What's the explanation for that? I'm sure that in the past we've learned it, but right now I'm blanking on it. I don't remember. Uh, and I, why it's explained that the biru doesn't happen through the revealed chachma? Happens dafka through the. Through the through the concealed chachma, the ikar is mayach stima, not chachma haglui. The real power for birur, but over here he adds another point. Not only that the chachma, the 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 the, um, the chachma stima is the source and the empowerment to do birurim, to do this purification, but it works the other way around as well. As a result of the birurim that we do, we produce mayach stima. In other words. The level of mayach stima, the shemen, the oil, comes from the crush and the separation. In other words, it's, it's kind of like a recycling. The power of, of, of chachma stima, that oil, 
that oil is the power that, 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 that enables us to select and to separate. And then from the separation that we separate, it goes up. It's that the sparks that we elevate and then separate go back in a rebounding or a re revert in a returning light, go all the way up where to all the way up to Mayach Stima, and from there in 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 Mayach Stima, produce Mayach Stima, produce, I guess, more oil, a greater intensity or a greater uh, uh, capacity of that oil. And obviously, if there's a greater pre-chachma, there is more chachma. And there's more chachma, there's more godly presence and more divine revelation, because everything has to come through the channel of chachma. So it is above. This is the idea of chachma does the birur. This is what I mentioned earlier. The main birurim is in the concealed moyach, in the hidden moyach. That's where olamatikun starts. May oilam hatoyu from the world of tohu. That's where tikkun, the 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 uh, the the the, the uh, initially the lights were tohu diga lights. Tohu meant very intense lights, which later result in the mess that we have down here, shvira sakelim. The beginnings of oilam hatikkun is all rooted in this pure olive oil, which is mayach which dominates in the world of tikkun. We know that in general, that the, that one of the difference between tikkun and tohu is. That Tohu is very, it's a world of midos, unchecked by intellect. The emotions are running, 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 uh, running, um, what do you call it? Running amok. The, the emotions are running their, 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 running the show on their own without being checked by the intellect. The chiddush of Olam Atikun is it's an Olam Amoichin. And since Moichin begin in Moich that's why Olam Atikun begins in Moich and that's what birur is. Birur is to be mevarer tikkun from tohu. That's the that's the that's the very uh, beginnings of tikkun, of birurim. and the shattered of the vessel. So that fell down and briyatzir and asiyah. Because we know the shattering of the vessels caused all this mixture. So when we elevate and we separate good from bad down here, the sparks and all that goes all the way up back vir to moyach stima, or even higher than moyach stima, but Produce the moyach stima to be revealed. Produce this olive oil. Simon Chavches, as explained in Tanya, in Geres HaKodesh, that's where the Alter Rebbe explains the power of paraduma and why um, paraduma is so high and why the passing of a tzaddik is also so high because it goes all the way up to Moyach Stima, from where Birurim come, whatever. That's what he explains over there. Now, as this applies to the service, that's Birurim in general. The purifications that happen in, 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 the, in the vast cosmos. The selection of good and bad. But it also is very personal in each and every one of us. The idea of Birur, that we do selection, that we do purification, through Crushing the olive, I am Medrash Rabbeish Parshas Tetzaveh. So look in Medrash in the beginning of Parshas Tetzaveh, where there is some kind of a um, connection, which the Medrash idea with the the crushing of olives to the crushing of the person, where a crushed soul, a broken heart, that's related something in the Medrash and Parshas Tetzaveh. Again, I didn't look it up. And what does that mean? 
A person should take himself to task. And a person should lower his, his image in his own eyes. His self-image. He should lower himself. La'afa uh, to the earth, to dust. In other words, to not be satisfied with oneself. And to look at one's spiritual achievements and no matter what, I've, you know, as, as big, big failure. You know, don't worry, you won't get depressed and you won't get down and you won't uh, you need to take pills. No. We're talking of you're following the order of learning Hasidus and allowing Hasidus to bring you to this place. It's going to be full of energy. It's going to be full of life. Yet it's going to be a bitterness. Because one starts becoming sensitive of how egotistical we are even when we think we're serving God. And in that we become frustrated and then in that frustration we reject the ego, the selfishness, the self, and we, and we, and we allow the pure spiritual desire of the soul to be freed from the thickness and density of the ego. The yasmar mer and this, and, and, and one becomes bitter, on one's distance from God. Again, I'm talking on a more sublime level, but even if it's just the fact that one is so materialistic, you can be bitter about that. You can be bitter on, because of sin. If it had been, been, been real sin, no matter what it is, it's the bitterness of being distant from Hashem. And when you have this crush, so you draw the shemen, this pure olive oil. So on a cosmic scale, all birurim that we do in the world go up there and cause bring about this oil, and then in the personal level as also, and it's going to be drawn to you. What is that oil going to do? Once you have the oil, then you can light your menorah. In other words, this oil, as a result of this crush and this bitterness, you now have oil, like in Mejachanaka, you go somewhere, you don't have oil, you can't light your menorah. You need, you need the oil. So here we need oil in order to be able to light our menorah. What's our menorah? Our menorah, as we're going to see, as mentioned earlier, is this love to Hashem that's not even human love. It's Avarab, a great love, where, we're, where we're the love is a burning drive that there is nothing else that matters, only that God should be revealed. There's no selfish interest at all. It's not about me, about my experiences and my ecstasy and bliss. It's just that, I, that Hashem should be revealed everywhere. To have that love, you need the oil. How do you get the oil? The oil you get through the crush. And through this crush, you draw the oil. Which is the concealed mochen of Erech Anpin, and this is what draws and this is what causes the menorah to be the nerois, which are already nerois, they were already lamps, to be elevated to a higher level. Which is going to be the great love. Again, you're going from the avas olam, from worldly love, and you're being elevated to the avas avarabba, greater love of Aaron. What's the greater love of Aaron? The oisihis. Oisiyos, as we said earlier, nireh. Nireh means that Hashem becomes revealed. Nireh. All I want is nireh, that I should, Hashem should be revealed everywhere. Now, the Alter Rebbe says over here, here there's a, I mean, it's a Hagah from the Tzemach Tzedek. In the Maimer, ki atoneri, nizbar, over there it explains, demibchinas Hashem, and once you're accessing this oil, there's another benefit. In addition to getting avarabah, great love, this spiritual oil, the Shem Mishchas Kodesh from Chachmas is going to bring a godly light in your soul and a godly uh, fire in your neshama that is on a force surpasses all, all, all time and space element. 
it also is going to produce within the soul the higher fear. What's called Yiri Allah, the greater awe and the greater fear. Nimshachkam ken Yiri Allah will also come because from Shemet, from Chachmas Dimah comes the higher fear. We know in general Chachmas is the source of Yiri Allah, the higher fear. Especially Chachmas Dimah, the concealed level of Chachmas. That causes total bittel and yiri Allah. The root of the higher fear, is from So two things come from there. The, the higher fear and the higher love. And this is this idea, and this is the idea of that what? This oil, once you have the oil, which the oil comes from the broken heart and from the purification. The birurim go up to Mayakstimah to produce the oil, which that oil later comes down and fires up the soul with a much greater type of a love, can be seen in what it says, a pasuk. It says regarding Aaron, and again, the facilitator of all of this is the Kayan Gadol, is Aaron Akayan. And Aaron Akayan, what was his relationship with the oil? Besides pouring the oil in the menorah, besides pouring oil in the menorah, Aaron himself was anointed with oil. It doesn't say Moshe got oil, Aaron had oil. Moshe Rabbeinu poured the oil on Aaron. Now in the Tehillim it says, The good oil that's on the head, on whose head? On Aaron's head. That comes down onto his beard. Zekana Haroin. How do you know we're talking about Aaron? Because it says, Zekana Haroin, the beard of Aaron. That goes down on his midos. So the Medrash says about this. I'm talking about the, 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 the oil that's poured on the head goes down onto the beard. Who's the beard of Aaron that goes down on his midah? Simply it means Aaron's beard. Aaron had a nice long beard that went down to his heart. And this is where the midos are. The midos are in the heart, on the chest, in the heart. So when the beard goes down, the oil went down. So the Medr tells a story that when Moshe put the oil on Aaron's head, I think two or three drops I think two drops dropped down and they went down onto his beard. And they remained there. That's what it says. Two of this holy drops, Shem and Mishchazkar, never dried up. Miraculously. This godly oil. What does this mean? You see, in order for Aaron to be able to bring and light up the lamps with this tremendous love, which that love comes from this special oil, it was on Aaron himself too. That the oil is going from his head. Here is where the oil comes from. We're just saying it's from Moyachstima, from the concealed Moychen. That's the oil. So it's dropping from and it's going down through the beard. It's going down onto the emotions. If it's going down, it means to fire up the heart. That we have the higher love. That's the Avarabah. That's by, by the oil. That's why the miracle happened. The oil remained there to keep that love constant. By Aaron, it never stopped. And the menorah, he would every day, it would be had to be rekindled. But the iron that love was all all the time through the oil. But what he's going to explain over here, and is that he's going to add also why is it traveling through the beard? It says it's going down on the beard. What's negay? Okay, it went it went from the head to the heart. What's the idea that it's traveling on through from the head? It went into the beard and that. So he's going to explain what does that mean. Because in order to be, you know, we know now, now we know what creates the oil. What creates the oil is the brokenness, the birurim, the broken heart, the purification that is done through the broken heart. But now, once you have the oil, how do you get the oil down to the heart? That it should ignite the heart. There's one more step. 
and that is the strands of hair. Because as we spoke last week, if you remember, last week we spoke that what are the hair? We had a whole discussion on hair last week. Hair comes from the protrusion of energy that's in the brain that's protruding and going through the skull and tiny tidbits of that energy are now channeled in the hair. There is brain energy in the hair, but it's so minuscule and tiny. And we learned last week that the brain, if you remember last week's class, the brain is referring to keser, the crown, the panemius of the crown, atik The skull, we learned, is erech anpin. That's the external part of the crown. And the hair that's coming out of it those are the mazolais from where Chachma, from where Chachma derives its energy. The revealed Chachma is taken through tiny little hair. What that really means, and last week we discussed how The revealed Torah that we have, the halachos, with all the chachma and all the explanation, which is what becomes the source of all pleasure and all delight in Ganeiden, keeps everybody's souls busy in Ganeiden for thousands of years in ecstasy and bliss because they comprehend and they understand a little bit of this chachma. It's all tiny little strands of here, in where the pleasure of the pinimia sakasa. The real, real, remember we learned last week about the song of David HaMelech and the pleasure that's even deeper than the song. And only a tiny bit is coming through the skull, the rot zone. First it's revealed in the will. The pleasure is not revealed. The will, the mitzvahs are revealed, the rot zone. From the mitzvahs, tiny little hair follicles come out, which is the chachma of Torah that's revealed. And that's where it starts to open up to Gan Eden, through Atzilus, through Chachma, through, from, from Eden, from Eden to Bina, from Bina to, to Malchus, from Malchus down in Olam Abriya, where it becomes the understanding of souls in Gan Eden until it trickles down all the way down here. That's what we learned last week. So how does that apply to what we're learning right now? This shemen, this oil, that's the pnimius of chachmas that's the concealed chachma, is so intense, it is so vast, it is so... We're talking about the shemen, we're not talking about oil over here, we're talking about pnimius of God, the pnimius of pnimius of the Abishtha's brain, the, the pre-potential of God's mind, of God's wisdom. It's Ein Sof, and it's touching. Pneumius of Chachma touches Pneumius Akasa, which is the pure or Ein Sof, as it is unadulterated, unlimited, infinite, and Ein Sof. For anything to, for if that oil, even just one tiny drop of oil, it will burn the entire Seder Ishtalshlis, it will burn everything. One. So the only way it can make its way through is through. protruding the skull into tiny little 
minuscule. The smallest, smallest, smallest channel. It can't be a normal channel. You can't plug in a plug in the outlet on this level. Because it'll blow a fuse. It'll blow everything up. It ain't so. Only through here. And what are God's hairs? The halachos of Torah. All the millions of halachis. For those who learn Rambam, know what means millions of halachis. Every day there's three more chapters to learn with halacha and halacha. And then there's no break. The Rebbe never gave us a break. Every day. Three chapters, Rambam, another halacha, not dealing this, that, that. Halachas, halacha. And Rambam is, from these halachas come many, many more. It just goes on and on and on. All the, every halacha is a strand of here. Because what's the halacha? It's divine wisdom. And every halacha is like a, a t- one small little particle of God's wisdom. Now there is the halacha itself, which is the outer element of it, what the will of God is. That's the halacha. That's the strand of here. And then there is the divinity that runs through the halacha. The godly, which, the godly light, the spiritual light that's in the halacha. The ain't sof that's channeled through the halacha. A person can learn halacha and be totally oblivious that this is God's Torah and inside this is the divine light. But the main point is not, is not the hair, but the energy that flows in the hair. Or, as he's explaining now, the shemen hatov, the, the good oil, yored ala zakan that goes down on the beard. The halachas of the Torah are not called the hair of the head, they're called the hair of the beard. And we'll soon see in a moment, I'll get to that, why. They're called the hair of the beard. Which in, th- which, which in them goes the energy, flows the pneumius of the orange self, which is the shemen, this oil. And that's the meaning, shemen atoiv ala rosh yoyred ala even though it seems like the oil over here is on the outside of the hair, it's just traveling on the hair, it, it really represents the idea of the, what's flowing inside the halachis. That's the shemen. What that means is as follows in practical sense. That, that one more, that in order for a Jew to take the, sh- good, let's say you have a broken heart and... As a result of that, you produce the oil. In general, your involvement in the world in a way that you're separating good from bad, which is, means to live a life of a Jew, which we're constantly separating from good and bad, and doing the Avedis Abirudim, this is causing the oil to be produced. But how are you going to get that oil down to create a fire in your soul to, elev- to have this godly love? Ah, you have to have the mediator. You have to learn Halachi Saftayra. When you learn halachas of Torah, you've created the channels from the head, from the oil, down to the heart. The laws of Torah are the beard, which bring the, the shemen, the oil, through the head, down to the heart. Now, one more important idea. The, um, why the beard? And why, just like we said, the crush, the crush of the olive produces the oil. And spiritually that means that the beer, that the separation that takes place when we have a broken heart, that separation 
that, sept, that selection, that, that purification that takes place, sends up a, a, um, a uh, re retractive energy, an energy going upward, a rebounding light up to the source, which is what draws forth and sort of produces this moyach stima, this, 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 this concealed mochen, this oil, which is then channeled down, it's not only that it produces the oil, it also produces the hair as well. It also produces the hair, which is the keli, the vessel for the oil to flow. Remember, there's, there's oil and there's keli. The shemen is the oil, is the light. The vessel, the container, is the hair. Why? And that will also explain why the beard, not the head. A child, when we're young, we're born with hair on our head. And if we're not so hairy when we're right when they're born, but then after a little while, even as a young kid, you get a, a full head of hair. That means that the hair on the head doesn't really represent the intense brain power. Because when the child is young, it doesn't have that much brain activity, not that much brain, doesn't have such an expanded mind. as a brain, but not an expanded mind. The beard starts growing when a person is reaching a certain maturity. Zakan, and that's why beard is called zakan. Zakan comes from zesha kanachachma, acquired wisdom. Now, you can be a big ignoramus and, and, a, and a bore and still have a big beard. <laughs> but it, the, 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 the age when a beard comes is an age when a person could have already gone to school and educated and learned and used their mind. So the concept of a beard represents excessive mochen. There's a lot of light in the mind. And that energy in the mind is so much that it has to leak out. It has to like the, it protrudes outward through the skull, actually downward in this case, down and would produce the, the facial hair. So what does that tell you? That the the intense moichen, the intense um, production of moach is what, is what produces the, the, these thin channels of hair. What, what that means on the, on the cosmic scale is the birurim that we do, the purifications, the separations, the selections that we do down here, rise upward and cause such such light above, such intense revelation above, so much increases the mochen in, in its quintessential beginning, in moyach it causes such an increase of mochen that as a result of that, there's too much energy, so to speak, and it protrudes outwards, and that becomes, and that produces the halachos of Torah. So it would make sense, because you see, when did we get the halachos in Torah? When did we get all these laws? After we were in Mitzrayim. In Mitzrayim, we did the Avoida and we did Birur, and we did selection. We know that most of the sparks were in Egypt. 202 sparks out of the 288 sparks. 
We've elevated it, which means we separated the good from the bad. That itself enabled the Torah to come down because it produced the beard. The hears all these laws. And in them comes the Pneumius, which is the Oren Sof, because what's really the Torah all about? God transmitting himself to us, the Oren Sof. So the hear and the oil is produced by the, the, the beerer, the crushing of the olive, in the sense. The beerer, the purification. Birurim go up and do two things. They increase the oil, but from the increasement of the oil, when there's so much oil, there's more kalim. And what are the kalim? The kalim, but you can't have regular kalim because this is, no kali can facilitate such light. So you can only have tiny little kalim which they will serve as tiny channels to allow just a tiny bit of that to protrude outward. But even a tiny bit of that, if we draw that down onto our heart, it will cause an exploded heart. An explosion in the heart. A heart which will go on fire with a godly light. That's what the Alter Rebbe, or it seems to me what the Alter Rebbe is saying over here. Let's read it inside. Yered el goes down on the beard. Kihine explains first to here. From the excessive mochen that is drawn from the concealed mochen. Again, we're talking about the, where the production of intelligence starts. The concealed mochen. When there is a lot there. And why is there a lot? A lot of activity. Why there's a lot of energy. Or it's bursting with energy. Because we did birurim down here. We, when, when, we are, when we are doing, bringing God the satisfaction of purifying His world, that creates this. Yoitzim go out uboikin hasaros. That causes the hair to burst out. Again, bursting from where? Bursting through the skull. Vishavlis hasaros and the coming about of the hair humoir hachoyzer min habirurim. From the rebounding light, when we purify things down here and we do birudim, there is an orchoiser, there is a retracting light, the light goes back and it goes all the way up to source where to chachma, but chachma is biriru and we said earlier, not the revealed chachma, the concealed chachma. The keli is not able, because it, again, the keli of the Ebershtiz cannot withstand the intensity of this, of this returning light from the So it gives, because of that, it, protrudes, it, 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 it shoots forth here. And what is the here? These are the different combinations of letters. That's all the millions of here coming out. Combinations of letters of what? Of the letters of the Torah. Kemaimer Rizal, the sages say, where do we find something like this? That God's here are the letters of the Torah. His hair locks are um, exactly the translation of the words. His hair locks are his hair is in locks. Maybe I'm not. If you're talking about Hashem, that's when the Kala Knesset Yisrael is. We're talking about the beauty of her husband. He's so handsome, and his hair is like. Yeah. And it describes about the Abishter's hair. What does that mean? So the sages say, Taltalim comes from the word Tilei Tilim Shel Halachis, mounds and mounds of Halachis. So you see the halachos of the Torah, those words. When you're learning Rambam, you're learning whatever, Gemara, Mishnah. These halachos, each one is a here. That's why we once learned, Skavaldi, the Altareb explains, 
that when we, the halacha, the way it's presented to us is that halacha is very confusing. Because these things all confuse. You learn one halacha, and then you have a different halacha that contradicts it. And what is the Gemara constantly doing? And Bichlal, learning Torah, does it, is exactly that. Is that you need to clarify that this is talking in this case. This case is different. It doesn't contradict. And that's like here get tangled. Since it's all here, thin little, and the hair can become tangled, so you have to brush and comb the hair. So learning Torah is called brushing God's hair. Cool stuff, no? Learning Torah, that's what Tamid Echechamim do. Salsala, it says in the Pasuk, with Brush, and it will, and, and it will, it will elevate you. And now we understand that why I just actually learned this in Masechus Brachas today or yesterday. Um, the Gemara of there says, "What do we say after Shmaya Esrei?" So all the Mafar, so all the all the rabbis had different tefillos that they said after Shmaya Esrei. And then finally, there's one of them. I forgot already who it is. I think Ravina, he's the one who says the tefillah that we say. Elakai Netzoyer. That's that's the tefillah that we say. After part of what we say is we say my soul should be like dirt. And then we say libi, the next word open up my my heart in your Torah. What's the connection? What do you mean? My heart I, I should be like dirt, and then now we understand because without a crush. Without crushing the olive first. In other words, without engaging in this beater, in this purification, which as we said before, in its most, in its most potent way, it's when it involves a frustration and a pain and a, and, and a, and a, and a deep tshuva process. Without doing that, you can't, you're not gonna, you, don't, you don't have the oil, you have no Torah. In order to have psach libi to produce the hair and the oil flowing in the hair, that requires nafshika I should always have a broken heart so that I can study Torah. And maybe it doesn't say these words mamish, but psach doesn't only mean I can learn Torah. But that the Torah that I'm learning, as we said before, remember we said the hair of Aaron, the oil goes down, it goes through the hair, and what's the point? Where's the target? The heart. That the heart should now feel the love, the purely godly love, not the human love, not the avas oila, not the worldly love, but the avaraba, the infinite love, the selfless love. To be able to feel a love that's utterly transcendental, we need to, to channel it through the here. So that's maybe the meaning, psach libi, open my heart to a higher love, with your Torah. That the Torah acts as the key to open the heart to the higher love. Through what? But because I have oil. And the broken, when my soul is crushed, that's crushing the olive. That produces the oil, which then can later be used as the opening of the heart. Open up my heart in your Torah. Which is, what's the Torah? The Torah is the here. The halach is Torah. And the halach of the Torah. is not really saying the Peter Psach Libi, open my heart to the love. He's just saying the, 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 for the here itself, in order to get the halach of Torah, you need to have an increased energy 
or else the Mayach Stima remains very private. In order for it to protrude and to produce hair, because without it being, if it's not coming through here, it, it will never reach us. It's only through here, but in order to protrude that, you need to have an intense, and that comes through the Birudim. Shaleyem Nimsha, which on top of these hairs, or through their hair, Pchenas Keshem the good oil. Pchenas Mishchas Kodesh, which is what is anoints holiness. This deep oil that makes Chachma holy, or that produces Chachma, it's the source of Chachma, is drawn through the, through, through the laws of Torah, which they, they, they're just, they're the channels through where it comes. And afterwards, they come down onto the Midois. Who Inyan, and now we understand what, what it means that Aaron was lighting the menorah. Aaron is the one who has that beard. Aaron is the one that has. Right? So Aaron is the one who inflames, who goes to the menorah. The menorah is the Jewish people, all the neshamas, the candelabra of Nerois, and he imbues them and he gives them this oil, this supernal oil. The, these neiros of the menorah. So this will be understood. What does this have to do? Because what's the consequence? Now we'll understand. What's the consequence? Okay, so now we're loving God with this, with this superhuman love. We're loving Hashem with a love where we want only one thing, His revelation. What is that going to bring? And maybe God is not going to be impressed with that. No, 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 no. When we are utterly transcending our, our self-interest and our love to Hashem is so pure, all we want is nira. We don't even have, it's beyond Avram Avinu's love. It's this love where there's nothing for ourselves. We just cannot stand that there is a concealment on Hashem and all we want is His revelation. As we spoke earlier, eye to eye. It just be, not even that's because it's my eye. I just can't bear the fact that, there is a, that there's a distortion. We want just the truth to be revealed. In order, what does that do? That causes something very, 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 very important. Something unbelievable. Some, what does it do? It causes el mul penei hamenoira yairu shivas When you will light the lamps, lighting the lamps means igniting all the souls of Israel that their love should be the elevated love. Baaloischa, elevated love. To love Hashem with this transcendental love. Means to the inner face of the menorah should shine the, the, the seven lamps. That means that the purpose of these lamps, of all these souls, what's the objective of, of, of the love? Is that it should create to the inner face of the menorah. What does that mean? The menorah are the Jewish neshamas, because the menorah represents the Shekhinah, the source of all Jewish souls. It's all of us, all the souls. Pneya menorah, the pneumius of the menorah, means the highest point in the Shekhinah, the highest point in Malchus. Shekhinah and Malchus is the same. Malchus is the source of our souls. The pneumius of our, of our menorah of Knesset Yisrael is what we call Keser Malchus. Because every sphere of the Kesser is the deepest point. 
So Kesar Malchus is the deepest point. What's Kesar Malchus? Malchus is Hashem's midah, Hashem's attribute of kingship, which He manifests through us, through the Jewish people. It's king over the world through us. So that's why our souls are rooted in Malchus. Kesar Malchus, Kesar is associated with Ratzon, Ratzon and Oneg. Desire and the panemius of Kesar is pleasure. Kesar Malchus means not only that the God is manifesting as a king, but that he has a desire in kingship and that he has a pleasurable desire, that it's giving him deep pleasure and, and satisfaction in being a king. That's Kesar Malchus. Pnei Amenorah means to exp- The point of all of this is that there should be an expansion and a growth and a development in Pnei HaMenorah. That means that the Keser Malchus should grow, should expand. What does that mean? That the desire to be a king by God and the pleasure in being a king, which means the pleasure in sustaining all of existence, because all of, all of creation, the cosmos, are all a consequence of God's kingship. That Hashem should be present in it because it's possible that you have a world that is kind of lethargic and dead. Because God is keeping it up without any inner satisfaction, desire, pleasure, and want. It's just like, eh. We want the Abishter fully vested there. Fully desired because, he, because he's getting satisfaction and desire. When? When we desire him with with, 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 sad, with, with the deepest yearning of our soul. And our yearning is not for anything else but for Him, not because of any of ourselves. If we have a self, then it's not really. If it's nothing but only, only for Hashem, that, that causes the Abraham's reciprocation. That He loves us with an utter love. And therefore His satisfaction and the desire to be in a relationship with us, to be involved in creation and the project of creation and so on and so forth, is stimulated. And that's the meaning of Pnei Amenore is Keser Malchus. Mul Pnei Amenore is Keser Shebe Keser. That's, it doesn't, here it doesn't say it's so strong, but in the Mamarim over here, which run parallel, they, they, they emphasize this idea. You want to draw down the Keser of Keser, which is the Abishtus Ratzon, the, that is not yet particularized to kingship. And the Abishtus pleasure, the inner pleasure, which is not particularized to kingship. It's just the power of pleasure that's undefined and the power of will that's undefined. You want it to be focused on the Ratzon to be a king, which means to Keser Malchus. And that's the meaning. Pnei menorah is Keser Malchus. Mul Pnei menorah means opposite, means because all Kesers derive one from the, each other. So opposite the Keser of Malchus is the general Keser, the Keser of the Ein Sof. And we want that Keser of Ein Sof should focus in on Keser Malchus. That means simply that God should, should focus His pleasure into finding pleasure in creation. And that means that God is fully engaged, fully present, fully there within the creation. And that's a world saturated with God. And that's the purpose of creation. The Abisha should be fully manifest, revealed, and present within the world. But for that, we have to really want Him. And we want Him selflessly. So therefore, the purpose of evoking amongst the Jewish people such sublime love is that, they, is that it should all be towards the intention that 
the Pnei HaMenorah should be filled with El Mul Pnei HaMenorah. What's opposite the Pnei HaMenorah should come down in Pnei HaMenorah. And that for that, that should be the intention of what the target of Yairu Shiva Saneris were all the seven lamps. So the consequence of all of this. So we have a whole system over here. We start with breaking our heart. Even before we break our heart, we're already within the mode of love. Because we said before, you can't even start lighting the menorah unless you first have a menorah. <laughs> and you have to have the menorah on the south, which means that we have, first we start with developing love, as we're soon going to see, which is more human love, intellectual, based on our understanding of God's greatness, and so on and so forth. And the love has a self-interest. We want to cleave and connect to God. Once we have that, then comes time now, so we have a menorah. Now comes time to do what? To engage in preparing ourselves to receive the oil, which requires us to produce the oil. Producing the oil has to do with what? When we do a, when we do a birur, only purification, only separation from good from bad will create the same above. The olives will be crushed, separated the good from the bad, which means that the, which because the oil comes from moyach stima, and moyach stima can only be developed through birurim. So therefore a broken heart will produce this oil. Once the oil is produced, together with the, and, and the beerer, remember that, the beerer, this purification, this, this, this selection that's taking place is producing both the oil and it's also producing, producing the channels through where the oil will come down through. And those are the laws of the Torah being produced from, from this, from the beerurim that we do down here. Now that we have the laws of Torah, so now we have the channel from where that oil can, this divine liquid, so to speak, that can come down through the laws of Torah when we will study them onto our heart. What will it produce? It will produce within us a sublime love that's utterly selfless. That love will capture God's love and channel Him down to, to the Shekhinah, to His wife, to Knesset Yisrael and cause the marriage, the union between Hashem and His world, which means that Hashem should have an inner interest that Keser, Shebe Keser, the Or Ein Sof, should imbue Kesar Malchus with new life, that Hashem should find a new Tainug and a new Geshmak in being a Melech. And that's, that's how it all comes together. Um, and this was a, a daily activity to keep, the, to keep the union of heaven and earth, to keep this, this, this convergence of Hashem in the world from the deepest of Hashem's heart to the deepest of the Jewish heart. In other words, this was all about, simple words, to stoke the romance between God and the world. Now, a couple can be married, and they're married. And there's a certain, a certain deadness in that marriage. There's a certain, uh, he's doing his thing, she's doing that, they're nice to each other, but there's no fire there, there's no deep connection. We don't want that, in the, with the relationship between Hashem and us, it'd be like a dead stale. Every day, new, new, new interest, new excitement. And we have to, uh, and, and there's nothing that will turn on a man more than his wife desiring him. The wife wants, you know, he can see in her eyes that she's looking at him and she wants, she wants his love, she wants his attention. So when we want God's attention, when we want him, but over here it requires more that it should be completely selfless. We want him because we want we just want him to shine. That's not about even us anymore. That's what causes him to, to reveal himself. 
Okay. The main Indian of lighting the menorah, of light, raising the lamps, is for the purpose of El Mul Penea Menorah towards the center of Menorah. That means, Laham Shech Mulmaila, to draw from above, Lipchinas Keser Shebe Malchus, to bring down from above to the Keser Malchus. So it says in the Torah from the Arizal and this parsha, it's in order to increase her construction. What does that mean? So he explains. Why would Hashem be interested at all in, being, in finding pleasure in being a king? The worlds are nothing before him. All of creation is the value, like imagine to say for a person that he should be engaged and involved and, and get really into a fly, a little bug. What's a little bug? Nothing. So he says, He's exalted, way above. He doesn't need the worlds. He doesn't need it for himself. That he should reveal himself in them. In terms of, it, of, its, of its value, there's no reason. It's only because God chose to do it. But really, in essence, it's meaningless. Because they are literally considered as not. Imagine that you should say to a person that this person should reveal himself and show his, his exaltedness and his elevation on a fly. On a fly. What's a fly? It doesn't have any value to him. And the, hour, the difference between a human and a fly is a measured separation. The distance between God and, and, and all of the universe and all of existence, all of creation... Everything is an unmeasurable distance. It's an infinite gap. Without an end. Therefore, we have to continuously evolve and, and, and bring about this interest. This is the concept that's usually discussed in Rosh Hashanah, my Lord, after we have to, But there too, we use a broken heart. We use a shoifer. We do the same type of a process. And we need to draw this down through our arousal from below. That Hashem should be aroused above. That the Abish should have a rotsen. That God should want to be a king over a people. And we draw this down. When we have this great godly love. God, Aaron had to turn on the woman, which is Knesset Yisrael. He had to turn on the Shechina. He had to turn on the Jewish people to the Romance, and they will already stimulate their husband, which is Hashem. Ukanal like we said earlier, that the great love who are the Chukanefla. The great love is this great love and this wondrous longing. That the Oyrein Saif should reveal himself down here. That's the whole idea of Aaron. The words Aaron is, is, is we rearrange the letters, is Leois Nira Oyer. That light, Hashem's truth, the Oyrein Saif, should be visible down here. And that's this great wondrous love. I don't care about anything. I just want godly revelation in this world. And through this great love, this is what evokes above, 
that it should be drawn and it should be revealed from the supernal rotsam, from the supernal will, shuhu keser, which is crown, raiva the raivin, the will of all wills. In other words, on a level of will where it's yet, it's not, it hasn't yet specified, he wants this, it's, it's, he's beyond all particulars. And we want that it should be drawn from there, yes, to something very specific. And that is to creation. El b'chinas keser Two keser It's like, you know, I don't know why I'm thinking this. It's like, uh, you know, people, you have, a, you have a life, you have a busy life, you have a whole reality. And one of your kids want to play a game. You know, a, si- a silly board game, you know, I don't know. It might be a good, maybe, and maybe you play the game quite a few times and you'll like it, you enjoy it, but like if your mind isn't there, you're not interested because you have other things and bigger things in your life, you're totally not there. But then they coax you into it. They, they, they take out the game, they're like, let's play. They put out the board, put out the pieces. And because you like your child, so you sit down. Now once you start playing, you suddenly like, oh, you get really into it. And all your passion and all your desire and all your want is like suddenly flowing into that game. You're really having a good time. You're really fully, it's not like you're not enjoying, you're fully enjoying it. But, but you have to capture the person's general unfiltered and undefined love and unfiltered desire and unfiltered an undefined pleasure to filter into this particular thing. And with God, it's a constant everyday, everyday stimulant that needs to be stimulated above to draw the higher, and that's the meaning, el mul menorah, that we have to create mul menorah, we have to create this great union of penea menorah with, with the orin seif. That Hashem should find desire to play this board game, which is called creation. To the center of the menorah. And this is the meaning that he comes down, the oil comes down, and a little hard to understand what he means over here. That it descends alpimi of maybe it, going back to what he said earlier, this is to channel the divine love. That our, that our love should not be again, because what's going to bring? Let's go back. What's going to cause the Abishter's descent into Kesar Malchus? It's going to be caused by us showing him that love. But for that, we need we need the stimulant to bring us to that love. Again, because generally a person is is will always act on self-interest. It could be a spiritual self-interest, but a self-interest. The fact that we should be able to love God with, with such a selfless love, we need to have the assistance of the shaman of the oil. That's the fuel. And that fuel comes down, as we said before, through the halachis of Torah, onto the midas, onto the heart. And therefore he explains, when our service of Hashem is with this higher love on this level, that it draws the, the which means your love stops being a human love it becomes the midos of the Ebershter and as a result of that being that these midos are divine midos it's a divine love it's not even a, it's not a human love and what does it do? Through this, your midas change, and I, and again, over here he's not so so clear, but I think either in the mimer itself or in the versions of the mimer that I read, I think this is in the mimer itself. 
is where he explains, I think it's, uh, that when you have the love, is it over here? Is it? No, so it's in, it's in one of these other versions. It's where he explains like this. When a person is loving a love with loving Hashem with avas olam, with, with worldly love, then even though you will, you will um, you have love to Hashem, or you have, the midos, however, will still remain in their essential character. It's just that, in other words, the, 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 the hardwiring won't change only the, the, the software will change. In other words, you, you, the, the, the program, initially the person was running, which kind of love were you running? Through your heart. You were running worldly love. When I say worldly love, I mean materialistic things, physical drive, physical desires. Now you've exchanged that, the content, and what are you loving? You're loving God. But the nature, the core nature of who you are won't change. It means if you're more of a loving person, you'll remain more of a loving person. If you're more of a stricter person, you'll remain more... Was the essential character of the Midos, the, the content of them, the subject matter will change, but not the, the, the character of the emotions itself. Once you're introducing, however, divine love into the heart, which is not based on self at all, that's a total makeover over the person's heart and the person becomes a godly being, a godly heart. And then it doesn't, you don't even have to stay within your character at all. And that's, become a new creation, become a godly being. Here he says, he says you become very, very careful from any, from any types of, of bad, even the slightest, slightest. That I haven't seen an explanation. Why? The higher love, Dafka, is brings the person to being very, very careful from Ra. I mean, obviously, the higher the love, then the deeper the caution of, of anything. But, as I mentioned, in the other versions of the Mimer, there is more emphasis on a, on, on a change of the very Teva, the very Teva of the Midas themselves change. And that's It's the Eberstus Midas that is now coming down into your Midas. But now he goes back to what we said earlier, that this greater love, you don't start with this greater love. First you have to start with a lower level of love, which is the love of Avram Avinu. And then once you have the love of Avram Avinu, you can build on it the, the higher love. That's what he says over here. The Menorah was, because he wants to explain what does it mean, which, which means that you have Neirois already. And the idea of Aaron is that the Neirois, which Neirois means in the context of, Neirois means lamps, in the context of, 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 of Judaism and of Torah, it means a love to God. You have the love. It's a love upgrade. It's taking the love that exists already to a whole new level. The Menorah was in Darim in the south. Meaning to say, One cannot achieve and come to this greater love. First has to preface the level called Avas Oilam, worldly love. 
Shubchinas Avram, which is the level of our Avram. Shenemar by Hoylech Venesoya Hanegba, which by him it says that he was traveling to the south. Vayim Ashakosala El Meinyan Hanegba, and see what we said before, what means south. Vayim Barabbas Seder Lech Lecha, Bazeir Chodesh Alev Shom, Vayim Epashus Vayigash, Tafrej Vavam and Alev Gabala Hanchel Oyavi. To bestow to those who love me. In other words, there is already someone who loves, and then God comes and infuses that with something higher. Which it says in Zoyar, that there is various different levels of Kohen. Kohen always means love. One level of Kohen is the archangel Michael, Michael, you know, he's, 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 it's one level. That's Kohen. That's Kohen, but that's the lower love. Aaron HaKohen is much higher than, than Michael because he takes it to a godly level. A higher level, higher than Aaron. He's an angel. He's part of worldly existence. He's the, he's the lower love. Which is, comes and is drawn from the level of Chesed of Avram Avinu. Which is a lower type of chesed. That's the level of self. And that's why we talk of fine Michael. He, he hangs out on the south side. Why? Because it says Michael Miyamin. Miyamini Michael. Right? Everyone knows the song. From the right is Michael. The right side is south. That's Michael. That's the level of Anegba. That's where Avram Avinu is. Miyamin. Keniska Berabis Bamidbar. Parshas Beis. That the, the Machna Michael was on the right side. I think it's talking about the, the golem over there, the different, the Jews wanted, were jealous of, envious of the angels that they were set up. Michal is on the right side. After you have already the menorah stationed over there, which means you have already a meditative love, the lower level of love, then can come the higher level of love, the more selfless love. He lights the menorah, bringing in the higher love, bringing the Eberster's Midas into your Midas. You're loving God, not with a human love, not with your love, but with God's love, with an utterly selfless love. This that we said earlier. Now, one of the things the Alter Rebbe had emphasized in the original Maimer is that both the love of Avram Avinu Avas Oilam, the lower love, and the Avarabba both come through meditation. And they both come through the same meditation. How time and space is nothing in the presence of God. Nothing. To stimulate the love, he says that both come, the love of Avram is, I meditate. How, I, what do I want? I want what's real. I want what's a true substance. I realize the worlds are nothing. So I want God. And that's why I'm burning with a desire to get close to Him. But it's still, one is still going to be in the level of Avas Olam. To come to Avarabba, great love. The Alter Rebbe says the same meditation. It's only one thing is, is added to it. You add Helopeno to it. You add a Habanero to it. Spice. What's the spice? The spice is the bitterness and the frustration. In other words, the main focus, not just on that I, I want this because it's great, is I can't stand anymore the barrier. I can't stand that I'm blocked. And I can't stand that there is blockages in general. I can't, it's not so much that I can't stand that I'm blocked. I can't stand that truth is not visible. That God could be blocked. That bothers. 
that frustration breaks it. Right? That, that, that bitterness opens you up to this higher love. When you meditate on that, the heart will, will then experience the deepest godly love. You would think that once you're already bothered by the, first, by the barrier, that's already the love. But that's still part of the meditation bringing to the love. Through that contemplation, like he says over there in the Maimon, when a person is going to add in the meditation the bitterness to his soul, and what are you bitter about? On the darkness that's obscuring. Why is that? So now he's connecting to what we said earlier, because this type of love is related to shemen to the Chachmas and Chachmas comes from crushing the olive. From this great love, from the concealed Chachma canal, and Chachma is related to the, to, the, to the element of Birur, of purification. And the Birur, is Dafka, the crushing of the olive. So when we crush ourselves in this bitterness, that's what creates this, this, this higher love. This is what we mentioned earlier that a person should take in, should, 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 should bring into himself this bitterness. The Yitzhak al Hashem, and he should cry out to Hashem, but because he's pained by it. Now it's interesting, the Vart, I just had an interesting thought. The Vart that. Um, The vort um, that Aaron is this higher love because Aaron is oisios nira is the letters of nira is something that orig- originates in the Balshemtav, that Aaron is nira and it's related to the birth of Rab Aaron Karliner something to do with a tzad, with a person a simple yid who would go and uh, would light ovens for would chop wood. For widows, whole whole story. I don't remember exactly the story. And when and his name was and and the Balshemtiv said something about from such an Aaron is going to become Nira. This person from him came. Rabbi Aaron Carlina was born. Now the Alter Rebbe over here is saying that's where the word that's the that's the original word that Aaron produces nira nira means to be seen. But the Alter Rebbe says that that avoda has to do with cry with Yitzhak, with crying. Anybody that ever watched Karlina Chassidim, the, the Karlina way of davening is shouting tzaka. That the whole the whole davening is a shouting. It's interesting. It could be there's a connection. The Indian of Nira has to do with tzaka, with a cry. Altadeb is explaining it, that the tzaka is the frustration, the frustration. But why tzaka are they crying? Why can they daven, daven? What's the screaming? The screaming is, I can't bear it. <laughs> can't bear the darkness. But it could be because the root of Rabaran Kalina is in this, is in this level. Could be because the Balshamtiv said, Aaron Oisius Nira. And then as a result of this, This is what produces the good oil. It's called good oil because 
That's the Pasuk. It says, Shemen Atov, the good oil that comes down. that comes from the concealed Moichen. Shoirish Avarabba the Aaron, which is the root of the great love of Aaron. Yeah. Now, now he's going to make another relationship that Aaron is related to this bitterness and this broken heart. We, 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 it's explained in the mind. I remember I was telling you a lot of this is spoken about Rosh Hashanah because Rosh Hashanah, we, we, we have to accomplish this on a, much, on a much grander scale as opposed to the daily Indian, which is more particular for the day. On Rosh Hashanah, we're building Kesar Malchus, which over there is more. And there, how do we initiate it all? With a shofar. And how does the shofar do? The shofar is sobbing. It represents a broken heart. So there it explains, with the, 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 the sighing sound of the shofar, through crying, that evokes crying. When you see someone really crying and sobbing, it, it, it rips your heart open. You, you feel compassion. So our crying evokes by God, supernal compassion, God's compassion. The 13 attributes of mercy. Now the 13 attributes of mercy is the level of Aaron. Why? Because we know that Aram Avinu, there's two levels of chesed. There is the regular chesed, chesed as is a midah, one of the midahs of Atzilas. And then part of the 13 attributes of mercy, one of the 13 attributes of mercy is rav chesed. And we know the difference between the 13 attributes of mercy and the ordinary attributes is that these are the attributes of the ze'er anpin, and these are the attributes of the erech anpin. Erech anpin means keser, the, the midas of keser which are ain't self. So therefore the Midah of Aaron is Avarabba, but it's the Chesed side. Karhanam are Chesed, but they're a far superior Chesed than the Chesed of Avram. And that's the Yud Gilu Midas Arachman, which one of them is Rav Chesed, that's the Madrega of Aaron. Ayn Shom, Vereh Misham Shairish Avarabba Da Aaron. The great love of Aaron is, is, is from the Rav Chesed. And how do you evoke it? Through crying. So you see the connection that tears and a broken heart lead you to a much higher, more potent davening on a much higher level. From a level of Rav Chesed. And the Pirish now of the word simple you can say is you have the regular love of the Nishamas now you're going to elevate the love to a higher place. But in the, here the Maimah, the Alter Rebbe is going to take it further. The meaning of Baha'u'l'ayscha is Baha'u'l'ayscha when you're going to do the Aliyah as opposed to an another, another element of Aliyah. In other words, there is Aliyah without you. And this is going to be Baha'u'l'ayscha when you're going to elevate. Similar to an idea of there's two levels of Aliyah. There's one Aliyah and there's another Aliyah. Your Aliyah is a much higher Aliyah. That's the Baha'u'llah when you will elevate. Because there is other, uh, uh, there is elevation. Where do we find that there is elevation even before Aaron comes? There is Nerois we spoke, but where do we find that there is elevation regarding Neshamas? So there is. There is a Pasuk that says, Shesham Olu Shvatim Shifteka. There's a concept called Aliyah Laregel. Aliyah Laregel is when we go up during the pilgrimage holidays, we go up to Yerushalayim. So what does it mean going up to Yerushalayim? Is that all the Jewish people go up. Why is it called going up? Because Yerushalayim is the highest place, but we know the physical mirrors the spiritual. 
So when the Jewish people went up to Yerushalayim, it means it was an aliyah in their nefesh. They had an elevated consciousness. It wasn't just they're going up to a higher place to Jerusalem. They, were, they went up, meaning they had an elevation. Spiritually, we know, and it says particularly in regarding this aliyah, it says, Shesham alu shvatim. That the shvatim, meaning all the shvatim, all the 12 tribes, would go up. Where? To Yerushalayim Habnuya, Ki'ir Shechubra Layachta, the city that's attached. That the Shvatim would go up. So what does that mean, spiritually? So, uh, if you remember, on my Monday night class this week, I discussed that there's two types of Neshamas. There's Neshamas who remain in the, called Neshamas of Atzilus, they remain in the Neshama of Atzilus, on the level of Atzilus. And then there's lower Neshamas called Neshamas of Bria, Yetzir, and Asir. They become creation-like, these Neshamas, and they're far inferior to the neshamas of Atsilas. And their love can be dried out, and so on and so forth. They don't even feel their love. The shvatim represent the lower level of neshamas. Besides Yosef Atzadik, who is a neshama of Atsilas, the other shvatim, that's why they're called shevet. Shevet means a branch, an extension. They come from Atsilas, but they extend their regular consciousnesses in Olam Habriya. So the Shvatim, their Madrega is not an Atzilus, is in Bria. And obviously all the, all the descendants of the Shvatim, which are all the Jewish people, are all Neshamas, besides a few exceptions. The Arizal, the Baal Shem Tev, the Rav Shemim Yochai, and the great super tzaddikim, and the Rabbeim. Uh, these are Neshamas of Atzilus. But regular, we're all Neshamas of Bria, Yetzir, and Asim. I'm not saying the Shvatim themselves are a lower Madrega. The, the, the concept of what they represent is Neshamas of Bria. But even a Shamas of Bria, three times a year, are elevated to Atzilus. Just like we learned two weeks ago, how, the, how on Yom Tif, on the pilgrimage holidays, the weekday, the day itself, is elevated to come up higher, called inward. And there's an alias on Oilamas, in general, everything is elevated. So the Neshamas are also elevated. So three times a, a year, Yidin were Zaycha to be elevated from Bria consciousness, from creation consciousness, Tatzilus consciousness. That's the meaning, shasham alu shvatim. But the Alter Rebbe is going to explain. That aliyah that we go up from Bria to Atzilus, is, not, is, 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 is an awesome aliyah. But Ba'aloyz is much higher than that. Because going up to, from Bria to Atzilus means that the Neshamas that are already in creations go back up to connect to the Shekhinah. They go back to their source in Atzilus, which is the Shekhinah, to a level of divinity. When they go up in Shekhinah, in Malchus, they actually attach not only to Malchus, which is their source, they attach to their mother, to the mother of Malchus. Malchus is called the daughter, two females in Atzilus, two, there's two, there's father, mother, son and daughter. Malchus, the lowest, but Shekhinah is connected to Bina, like mother, like daughter. And that's the meaning of Ki'ir Shechubra Layachtav. Shesham al-Shvat. The Shvatim go up to where? To their source in Malchus. But Malchus itself is called Yerushalayim Shalmata, the lower Yerushalayim. Yerushalayim Shalmaila, the higher Yerushalayim is her mother, is Bina. That's called Yerushalayim Shalmaila. Ki'ir Shechubra Layachtav means that the two cities, Jerusalem, because we know the Beis Amigdash Lamata is, besides it meaning the physical Beis Amigdash, it means the Beis Amigdash of Malchus. Is 
is corresponding and related to Migdash Delamayla, which is in Bina. Ke'ir Shechubra, the two are attached. So when you went up, the Shvatim went up in Malchus, in Malchus of Atzilus, they were connected also via Malchus Tatzilus to, to Bina. Which is, and, the, and, when, and when, what does Bina mean? Great understanding. When you have meditation, it brings you to great love. But it's still only the love of Avram Avinu. It's the love coming from Bina. In order, but then comes, but, but that's why the Pasuk is saying, when you will elevate, it'll be way beyond the Sham Olu Shvatim. Because when they're accessing Atzilus, at highest they're accessing Bina of Atzilus. You're going to introduce to them Shemen, the oil. You're going to introduce to them Chachma. Chachma is infinitely higher than Bina. Chachma is going to bring them to divine love, to a complete different level. That's the Chiddush. That's, that's what he's explaining now. These are the twelve shvatim. They represent the twelve borders, boundaries of below. Meaning in Bria, not in Atzilus. Where do they go up? They went up to Jerusalem. According to the Yerushalayim that is built. Ke'ir, like the city, hu'pchinas malchus, that's malchus, u'leshamu aliyas ha'shvat, and that's where the shvatim are elevated. Yud-based chumim de'latata she'lebriya, she'bebriya, that the 12 chumim below in Bria are connecting to atzilus, to malchus. O'pidish ke'ir, but what is ke'ir she'chubrelai, the city that is attached? Yachtov, isa bezayar, vayeshev, de'ischabres ima bebrata, that mother, which is the higher city, is connected to the lower city. Bebrata to her daughter to Malchus. They have a kechad and they're unified. In the famous Mimer, Eile Pekudei Amishkan, Mishkan, where it mentions twice Mishkan, the Alter Rebbe explains this idea of Mishkan and Mishkan, the lower Mishkan is Malchus, the higher Mishkan is Bina. And this is similar to the idea of a Lekashra Shvi'oha Bishvi'oha. To bomb the seventh to the seventh. What does that mean? Malchus is the seventh, level which is the seventh because from Chesed down Malchus is the seventh to the seventh Bina is also called the seventh when you don't count Malchus below and you go from Yesod upward Bina is the seventh so Shvi'ah to Shvi'ah, there's, there's such a concept like Kashra, the Taishra, Hamavua Bezayar Pekude. You have to look it up in Zayar Pekude, and then I would be a little smarter than I am. Uba Priyetz Chaim Soif Shara Krishma. Look up in Priyetz Chaim at the end of Shara Krishma. Again, again I, I, I mentioned at the beginning of the class, there's a lot to look up over here, and I didn't do it, and I feel very bad. Because it would be so much richer if I did. Uba Haga which he explains in the Haggadah, there, which he brings from Chaver, and where they explain this idea. Memalchus ad bina, that from Malchus to bina, maybe the seven spheres, maybe you count from Malchus to bina, but in the middle, it's seven. Vina aliyah zu, this aliyah, the shesham alushvatim, hainu al derech mashakazu, priyetz chaim sham, bepirish ketfila arichta. Priyetz chaim, he explains regarding saying Hashem sefasai tiftach. We know, is, is an introduction to this. 
When we daven Shmoyin Esrei, Shmoyin Esrei, we're entering Atzilus. The, the, the different parts of davening correspond to the four worlds. So the beginning of davening Karbonis is in the world of Asiya. And then when we say Pesukah de Zimra, verses of song, Hoidu Tol Yishtabach, or at least Baruch She'amar, that is um, in the world of Yetzira. And then finally, Berchus Kriya Shema is like we learned last week, from where you sit, is in the world of Bria. Shmoyne Esrei is Atzilus. So the way it works is, Asiya, right, you go up. Shmoyne Esrei is Atzilus. Now the Gemara says that you're supposed to connect Geula Latfila. You're supposed to connect the blessing Goal Yisrael, which is the Redeemer of Israel, to Shmona Ezra. But yet we know we say one Pasuk, Hashem Sefasei Tiftach, in between. And that's L'chore Hefzik. So the Gemara says that Hashem Sefasei Tiftach, even the Tkinu L'Rabbana, since the Rabbana were the ones who were Mesakin it, they were the ones who instituted Ketfila Arich It's like a long Tfila. It's like one long prayer. Ketfila Arich so according to Kabbalah, what does that mean? So the Eitz Chaim, the Arizal says, again, I, I, I'm assuming this is what I didn't look it up, but that's what I was, that Atzimus begins with Baruch, once in, not, not, not Hashem Tiftach. But Hashem Tiftach is the highest level in Bria. It's the Kodesh Kodeshim. It's the Kodesh HaKadosh, and the highest level from every world is the Kodesh HaKadosh, just like in our world. What's the highest peak of the world? Is the Beis HaMikdash, the Holy, the Holy of Holies. So the highest point in Olam Abriya is the Kodesh HaKadoshim of Briya. That's Hashem's Fosay Tiftach. And he says, Pirish Ketfila Arichtedam Yeshu Aliyas Hechel Kodesh HaKadoshim de Briya. It's when the Hechal Kodesh HaKadoshim, the chamber of the Holy of Holies, of the world of Briya, the world of creation, is elevated in Atzilus, it's called a long prayer because it's already Atzilus, even though technically it's Oilam Abriya, but Oilam Abriya is swallowed up in Atzilus. Atzilus Mamish, till it becomes on the, on the level of Atzilus, literally. And the elevations that happen during the, when we say Friday night, tomorrow night, Kabbalah Shabbos, it's also Aliyah Oilam so there's an Aliyah on that level in Atzilus. So this is the Avayim Inyan Yud Beishvatim Bezayir Vayechi Yom Inyan Shasham Ol Shvatim BePashas Vayeti Daf Kufnon Ches Amal Pashas Pekude Pashas Achrei. I feel like he's he's telling you so much information. If I would look them up, I would ha- that he. I'm trying to guess from 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 just from the little words. Where there must be so much here content that I'm missing. But so I feel really bad. But Vehine Inyan Baalois Chadar. But now, so what's the Baalois Chadar? Now Aaron comes and he elevates the Shvatim higher to where the Shvatim go up on their own. Where the Shvatim go up on their own. Their elevation is only in Malchus. They go up to the city, which is Malchus. It's elevating Malchus itself much higher. And not only to where Malchus goes up on our own. Where does Malchus go up on our own? To Bina, like we said before. Ir Shechibra, the two cities are attached. Because he's drawing down into Malchus. He's pouring the oil into the Menorah. And when we said the oil is the Pneumius of Chachma. It's the Chachma Stima. Which it says in the Zayar, Bezimna, the Nahara Ma'abi 
that the Zohar says there's a big difference when Malchus is illuminated with the lights of Bina, when she's only, is she's taking from her mother or when she's taking from her father. And it's a whole different reality. It's a whole different, uh, it's a game changer. When it's being nimshach in Malchus from Chachma is way beyond. When she's deriving from the level of mother. We, we learned this Indian already many, a few times in Hasidus. Look over there where this is explained. Now we'll understand based on this idea that there's the elevation of the Shvatim on their own. And then there is the Elevation that comes when Aaron when you will elevate them to a way beyond. Now we'll also understand the sequence of the of the parsha. In the end of Parsha's Nasai, we have the karbanos of the Nesiim, the heads of the tribes. They each brought a karban. What was the idea of them bringing their karbanos, elevating their tribe, the, the Yud Beis Shvatim? Each one is being elevated through their karbanos. Then it says that Aaron, Shevet Levi, did not participate. And Aaron felt bad. He thought it was his fault because of the eagle or whatever. So Hashem said, no, no, for you I reserved something. Yours is greater than theirs because you like the menorah. And that's why it continues. The answer is two stages. First, there is the elevation of the 12 Nesim. They elevate from Bria through the 12 passageways up to Atzilus, connecting the Shvatim as created beings to a level of divinity, to the level of, of Malchus. And then, com- and then comes Aaron, and you elevate Malchus way beyond up, tapping into Chachma, into that transcendental love, and so on and so forth. To the lighting and the, and the, and the, and the preparing of the lamps. We'll understand this by understanding the difference between the of mother and the of the father. This was the subject that we learned Mamish uh, a few weeks ago when we learned between between Yomtiv and Shabbos. Yomtiv is is on is 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 beikar moichen de'ema ema banim semecha simchas Yomtiv. It's the it's 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 bina energy and Shabbos is chachma energy way beyond it. And we learned the differences of how much greater it is. And and that's why on Yomtiv too we have to mikra kodesh. We call in holiness. We call in uh, a little bit of oil into Yomtiv as well. But the Ramaschal lohavem ashakasa ba'agada matzazu. We're over there, and that mimer is the primary mimer explaining the difference between Moichan the Ema and Moichan the Ab. That there is the joy that comes from wine, wine is Bina, and to light up the face, Mishaman from oil, that's Chachma, much higher. With all this, we'll understand what it means. Ba'aloyscha means when you will elevate to a much higher level. Ba'ayim b'zoyah parshas chayesara be'medrish hanelam al pasuk mashka harem ma'aliyosav. He causes the mountains to drink me'aliyosav from his elevated something. And ezahu aliyah. So the Zohar says, what does it mean aliyosav from a high place? Zeu eden. That he gives the, the mountains to drink from Eden. Eden is Chachma. So you see from here that the word Aliyah refers to a Chachma experience. And we understand because Chachma is Bittl. You ascend past the created realm completely, the limited realm, into total Bittl, which is totally, totally ain't self, totally godly already. But Amas Shamherich Pazet, 
Vinay Eden Uchachmila, Eden is the higher Chachma, Vizaukam came Pirish Bahalois Chadaharan. It's connecting it to Eden, higher than the river that goes out of Eden, which is Bina, to Eden itself. And with all of this, Yeshleim Oid, there's the last piece over here, we'll also understand the Nebuchadnezzar, Sanasiyim. Now we'll understand also an interesting difference. How come by the Karbanis of the Nesim there were 12? It's 12. And, we, and, by the, and because we say there are 12 tribes, 12 different types of Jews. Then when it comes to Menorah, we say there are seven lamps, seven types. So are there seven prototypes or there are 12? Every Nasi, every prince, had his own car when Vayadeza Hela Shifta and through this he elevated his tribe. And when Aaron lifted the lamps, Shanishmas Isra, which are the Nishamis, he named Alam Kula Mayade Shiva Saneris. They're lifted up through seven lamps. So how come Aaron is lighting up through through seven? So the question is, is the pathway to God through seven channels or the pathway is through twelve? So really he's gonna bring a Gavaldaginian. Well, both are true. Depends where, where you're attaching. If you're coming from the, lower, from the lower rung to the higher, you go through 12 channels. But when you're going from the higher to the super high, you go through seven. Where do we find that? The difference of Yetzirah Mitzrayim and by the our Gula, our redemption that is coming upon us right now. The redemption of Mitzrayim, when we left Egypt, we went through a body of water and we went through 12 12 pathways, because it says by Kriyas Yamsuf, Legoizer Yamsuf Ligzarim. God didn't split the sea only into one path, where all, where all Jews went through that one path. We all went through our own passageway, each shavit. Each went in a separate passageway. 12. And by whether Mashiach comes, it says that Mashiach will wave his hand over the river and he will split it open with seven, seven chalim to seven passageways. So why there tw- seven and here twelve? The answer is that the Aliyah, the Alter Rebbe, is the famous Maimah, the Hichrim, that we always learn on Shvishel Pesach, and that Maimah, the Alter Rebbe, explains the difference. He says, because now, by, by Yitzis Mitzrayim, going through the sea means breaking the barrier. That, that's what the sea, the sea is, the sea represents a barrier. And breaking the sea means breaking the barrier between the barrier that blocks between God and the world. There's two barriers. There's the barrier between Atzilus and Bria. That barrier we breached when we went through Kriyas Yamsuf, and that's why after Kriyas Yamsuf we're able to receive the Torah. Because when we're doing mitzvahs, we are doing Atzilus activities in this physical world. How can we do Atzilus activities, godly divine activities in this world? It's because our world and Atzilus can connect. Why? When you're giving tzedakah, your hand is being acting as the hand of Atzilus, like God's hand. Because we broke that barrier. When Mashiach will come, we're going to break a much higher barrier, a much subtler barrier. We're going to break the barrier of Bina. We said before, Malchus is a barrier, and Bina is also a barrier. We're going to break the barrier, we're going to breach the barrier of Bina. That's why we're going to go through a river. That's why we hear it's a sea, Malchus is a sea, Bina is a river. We'll go through that, but only in seven, because the passageway through the river is seven, as he's going to explain over here. I am as a bizarre parshas baloyis for the Indian, and the idea is the kehai gavna matzinu gabe kriyas yamsuf. Because similar to this, we find by kriyas yamsuf, 
that the sea was split to 12 splits. To every shevet, to every tribe, was its own path. But in the future, when Mashiach will come, when Mashiach will raise his hand over the river, it says over there, we call the Shivalacham. He will split it into seven passageways. It's explained elsewhere, the famous Mimer of Hichrim, that's where he explains it. By Kriyas Yamsov, we were passing through the barrier of Malchus. That the 12 Shvatim that are in the world of Bria, like we explained earlier, they should go up into their source, Sheba Atzilus and Atzilus. That we, the 12 Shvatim that are already created entities, should connect to our divine counterparts, which are number 12 in Atzilus. What's number 12 in Atzilus? In the Ze'er Anpin, there are six emotions. When the six emotions connect to each other diagonally, or as we connect to, there comes out 12 different lines. And they're called Yudbez Gvulei Alachsen. And they're the divine root of the 12 Shvatim down here. So connecting the Shvatim of Bria to their source in Atzilus is 12 because we're connecting, uh, because over there, divinity, the divine pre, uh, um, power is, a, is manifesting as 12 diagonal what, lines of called Yud Beis Gvulei Alachs. That's why we have 12 passages so that each created entity, which is a derivative of that, should be able to reconnect itself to what it really is in Atzilus. But when Mashiach will raise his hand on the river, he's going to open up the world of Bina. And he explains Bina, which over there, the Altar has a long explanation. I'm just going to say one Nakuda. He says over there that when Mashiach will teach Torah, it's going to be a different type of Torah that we learn today. Today's Torah, what we learn is all through Bina, through understanding. And that's called hearing, it's not seeing. Mashiach is going to be a visual teacher, he's going to show us everything. Because we're not going to apprehend godliness through understanding, through intellect, through through we're gonna we're gonna see it. He's gonna reveal to us a look. He explains over there that how vision is in, way beyond the experience of vision, way beyond visual uh, um, audio. It's gonna be a visual experience, and for that he has to break, go through the barrier of bina to expose us to chachma. And the panemius of Chachma, as you can explain over here, is derived, as we said before, from Keser. The innermost of Keser is channels to us through seven channels of Keser, called the Zion Taton the Atik Yoman, the seven lower of, of Keser. So just like when we're connecting Bria to Atzilus, we're looking to where the plugins are, there are 12 plugins. So we, we cross the river, we cross the sea through 12 channels. Same as also when we're breaking the river and we're connecting to Chachma, which Chachma really is originating in Panemius of Keser, where over there there's the seven, seven channels, so over there we plug into seven. And that's why that crossing is seven. Now what exactly this means, why Taka, what's, what, why this seven and that, and that 12, what's the Panemius of it, I, I don't, I, I haven't, don't remember an explanation exactly for that, for that, for that idea. But that, and that's the difference also between the 12 tribes where they each one brought a carbon, each one a separate carbon, and Aaron who's lighting the menorah because he's lifting them up much higher through the, more like a futuristic element related to the days of Mashiach where it's a 
um, rising up through and corresponding to seven pathways. Um, that usually Bina covers up Chachma. It's not the purity of the concept, it's the explanations of it. We need the revelation of the light of Chachma itself. Because the Oirin Saif, as is, is, re, is, is enclosed in Chachma, not in Bina. Bina is already limiting it. And because this revelation of Chachma is drawn from the seven lower elements of Atik, of the ancient one, that's why it says it will be split to seven paths. These seven are connected, correspond to the three fathers and the four mothers. Connected. Gimel Aves, Varboimos. Three fathers, four mothers, because the root of the Aves is really in the Zion Taton, the Atik. That's really their quintessential source. In the seven lower of Atik Yoim, that's why we have seven forefathers. We originate the Jewish people. That's why it says, Be'ever Anar Yashvu Avesechem. Your fathers lived, used to live in the other side of the river. In addition to the simple meaning that it's talking about the Mesopotamia River where uh, Avram was born, the deeper meaning is beyond Bina. Avram Avinu later is planted as the seven Midos. Our, our seven forefathers represent seven Midos, which is later in Atzilus. It's a product of the mind, of the intellect. Come from Chachma and Bina. But really in truth, they far surpass. They originate in Keser itself, the other side of the river. The difference between the carbonus of the Nesim, it's the level of where the Shvatim went up, from Briyat Atzilus, that's why to eat Shevet, if Neatzmai had his own Hala, another difference between the way Aaron did it. Aaron did it in one swoop, everybody together, over here, because here on this level things are so much more unified. But when you're going up from Briyat Atzilus, each one, each had its own nasi had to do it, its own travel. The lighting of the menorah, the main Allah is to the light of Chachma. Bina is higher than Bina and that's where the oil comes from. It's coming through seven neiros. It's similar to the idea of he will break it, he will split it into seven passage uh, pathways. It is also known the the root of shemen and chachma nimshach mepchenas atik is really drawn from atik yoimin from makamacha as explained elsewhere in the name of zohar arakia b'parshas vayikra pasuk shemen atayv haramaz parshas emar b'divramaz chalahu shemen and over there he says kasha sheyesh beis mineishmanim there's two types of oil. There's the oil for lighting, which was put in the menorah. And the second one, the anointing oil. One comes from Keser. That's Shemen Lamor comes from Keser. And the second one, Shemen Amishcha comes from Amoyach Stimah. Because we were learning before um, that the oil, the Shemen Amishcha, comes from Moyach Stimah. And it has to do with the crushing of the olive. That's how it's created. But the first one, which is Shemen Lamoir, is actually from Keser, which is from Atik Yomen. So um, he makes mention of these two, two levels of oil. And that's how he ends. There's a lot, a lot, a lot left untouched and untapped in this mimer. Uh, but um, we learned it, Baruch Hashem. I think, Baruch Hashem, we got some of it. Anyways, the main thing we should merit already to get see the anointing oil. 
and it should be anointed the third base Amigdash and Melech HaMashiach and the Koyen Gadol and we should experience already all this take of Miyad Mamish. Okay. Bez Hashem next Thursday we're going to learn the following Thursday but I'm traveling. I'm going to be on the road. I'm actually traveling to New York but I'm doing it on a driving trip. Driving to New York and back for a wedding. I'm not yet comfortable going on a plane with all the... Uh, Corona germs, and um, you can tell that my soul is an exploring soul. I love learning all this stuff and going. So part of that manifests in my unquenchable thirst <laughs> to drive new roads. I was always, as a little kid, I used to always make my father crazy. My father used to have to take me in the car to go drive on the, I used to call it the highway. He used to make him crazy. It was my greatest pleasure. So I still have it in my kishkas. In all my life, I had this desire that I'm going to drive through America. So now that I had a, we had a situation, so we decided we're taking a drive. So next week, Thursday, I hope to have enough Wi-Fi. Thursday night, I should be in South Dakota. And um, I should have enough Wi-Fi to be able to run the shear. The following Thursday night, however, I have a wedding. That's where we're going, so I'm not going to be able to give the shear two weeks from now. And then the third week, we should be almost back to LA, but I don't think I'm going to make it back on Thursday. We're probably going to make it back on Friday. So we're going to be somewhere probably in Thursday night, probably somewhere in Arizona, more like a Flagstaff kind of area, Be'ezrat Hashem. Grand Canyon country. And uh, the share will probably be from there. So let's hope, but I want everybody hopefully tune in. It'll be great. I mean, I hope that my plans are canceled and before we leave, we're supposed to leave this Matzah Shabbos already. Before we leave, we should already be in Yerushalayim. Take care, everyone. Gute Nacht. <laughs>